Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. are aware of the situation in california right now it's uh it's gotten pretty bad um the water stuff yeah worse than last time no it's yeah the drought's gotten to the point where now they are uh sending out memorandums and like i've never (laughs) been guilted i've never been guilted quite like this before in such a way uh but i wish i wish i could just scan the letter that was sent out to me just about to read off. We've noticed that you've used an, an inordinately large amount of water. And we'd like to suggest some of the following. And these are actual suggestions that I'm guilty of. So it's weird. I feel like Big Brother's involved in this shit. Because, like, the predictions or otherwise recommendations are scarily accurate. Mostly two of them. We recommend that, A, if you could all... It, I love this. If you can at all help it. Please do not do more than three loads of laundry a week. Damn. Um, so there's that. The I other do three one... loads of laundry a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I wash individual items. That's one load of washing. Is like I will wash these pairs of pants. So actually, I should say pants. Just one pair. One pair of pants. Yeah, I do. One load. I I do laundry a lot because like I never had a washer and dryer in my last uh, living situation. So. Like, I went to full blast on it. Uh, the other recommendation's hilarious. It's just that we recommend that you lower your showers to a minimum of at least 10 to 15 minutes. And also, to ensure that we can secure recycled potable water, please avoid urinating or masturbating in the shower. Uh, <laughs> sorry about your luck, California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm more, I'll tell you right now, I'm an advocate for, well, what's funny is so basically what you're saying is that, like, California water is a source of protein. Well, originally what was funny is they told us to pee in the shower because <laughs> it would help save water. But, <laughs> like, agree. it's weird. There's an act. Oh, my God. You have no idea. Right now, there's a debate on whether or not pee is okay. So the, pee- the urine is up for debate. But it's been settled. You can't, you can't jack off in the shower or jill off. How, how's that, that waste water, though? Well, it pollutes the water, apparently, but urine's sterile and can be, like, that's the thing. Urine's easier to filter out. Uh, Come, on the other hand, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a whole, apparently we haven't reached that point in technology where we have fucking, like, I don't know, um, maybe. But but uh, what if you you eat more pineapple so it tastes better? (laughs) Is that, is that still a thing? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. What are you talking about? I don't know. Well, the thing, it, it came at such a terrible time, too, because, like, I actually got that sweet shower pocket that, like, allows me to keep my tablet or phone in the shower and use it while I'm showering. So it's become, you know, it just it's all come at a terrible time. And I don't know if you guys know this, by the way, which, you know, not the segue in, I don't know, I feel like we're making up for lost time, but it really, it, it does bear mention uh, fuck, I just, 
I really feel like at some point in 2015 that we would have finessed our cum filtering technology just a little bit better, but I digress. Uh, dude, Pornhub's got achievements now. Man, this the start of the show took what? a weird turn really quick. It did. And yeah, it will make it up for lost time, I guess. But I guess. But wait. OK, so so first question I have is, um, well, I, I know the answer. How do you know that the, the website has achievements now? <laughs> I just I just stumbled upon them. Sure. I, I this isn't my search. I was doing this for work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I, I was doing this for the podcast. This is research. Try to get them Chivos, man. Well, yeah, but no, like if you set up an account, you don't even have to upload. You just get achievements for doing certain things or like indulging uh, certain fetishes or uh, I I don't know tastes if you will. I, it, it it's all it's pretty fascinating. I don't know. Do you I get an like... achievement for watching Fallout Four gameplay on Pornhub? <laughs> I, I wish is that an achievement yet? Because that's apparently where you can find leaked uh, Fallout Four gameplay is on Pornhub. So hey, exactly. good for that, man. Good for that. And, man, I, I just find it fucking hilarious that achievements have kind of, like, sprang into our everyday lives. But I never, never in my wildest dream yeah. did I think that, like, the moment I was sending off the fucking knuckle children to the local fucking, <laughs> to the local watering hole, that I ever imagined that I'd be rewarded for it in some, like, nonsensically arbitrary form. Such as, like, fucking... Adult entertainment social network. It's, this it's... Uh, this begs the question, though. Who do you brag to? <laughs> right? I always found it weird, <laughs> like, when they had, like, shareable options, like, hey, do you want to share this video on Twitter or Facebook? I'm like, please, I'd love think... to invite my family and friends to, <laughs> yeah. like, what? I think what... Uh, the comment section is too much, to be honest. Oh, dude. But you know what, though? The comment section... At some point, like, I really want to play a game. You know how they play those games where, uh, like, what's a recent game? They've done, like, oh, yeah, did, like, did Adolf say it or did Trump say it? You know, those oh, those geez. those uh, games. I kind of want to play that game, like, you know, is this a comment that you'd find on Pornhub or YouTube? And I, oh, I, man, that would yeah. be kind of tough. That would be very P- tough. <laughs> Pornhub or GameSpot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh that's where we should be in all our video game coverage. Pornhub? That that that, Pornhub? that 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 is internet integration right there. Like go 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 to the one site to get the two things that you want more than anything else. Basically, just get getting fucked over and over. Oh God, yeah. It, it, the lines are slightly getting blurred at this point. Like only Chambara Let's Plays might as well be on Pornhub. Yeah, that's true enough. It's uh, just, taking the disc yeah. out of the box alone. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Like you can't even like keep that shit out, man. People are gonna find yeah. it like mm. It's kinda like when they did the record of Agris War Collectors edition. Oh, it's and... so much worse than that though, because you gotta yeah. finger the disc. Aw, oh, come on. Like, it's true. There's a big hole right where it's supposed to be. Exactly where you think it would be. No, yeah, it's, it's there. Man, it's man. Yeah. Come on, Japan. That's the U.S. That's the worst part. Oh, it's Exceed's. It's Exceed's fault. It is their fault. Don't don't do this. I mean, I would expect it from Japan just because Japan don't give a fuck. Oh, you guys are son of a bitches. I just got my review copy and I haven't opened it yet. So this entire time (laughs) I went to go get the goddamn game. Now now you're going to open it all the ways, all the different ways. Really? Open it up now. I I just did. I literally just did. (laughs) 
That is the close, worst. Now, now close it. Now open it. Now close it. Now open it. Now close it. <laughs> oh man, and you know, still you will, you not will, as you, still you not as have to put that. You have to put that in your review though. Just so you know. Oh yeah. You have to use the word diddle though. Like mm-hmm. fuck no. I put. I'm putting a moratorium now on the word diddle. <laughs> okay. Diddle. Um. I can't even fucking. I can't even keep this goof going. <laughs> I can't, do it, can't do it. I'm just staring at it, and the whole time I'm just... <laughs> like, dude, like even hustlers got more class in this. What is this? Oh damn. <laughs> oh, oh, like the DLC possible, is worse but... too. Like, I. <sighs> okay, in- indulge. Does I... it come with a banana split costume? Oh fuck! I did hear about that. Banana yeah. split. Yeah, yes. man, did you get that? You get that pre-order bonus. Well, it's not really a. It's like a first print bonus. Okay. I dude, I, I don't Which know, is... man. I haven't, I haven't looked in the Manila envelope with a lot of detail, considering that this is this is stacked in there. So I don't but... know if it's too early for spoilers, but. Uh... Oh. <laughs> 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 I know. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Uh, I I can only so, dude. I, we'll be the bad guy. The banana split costume is basically uh, a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very specifically placed set of strawberries and a banana, and that is it. Uh, no, that's it. Done. So if you know where the banana goes, it's pretty I'm much out. all you I really quit. need to Kauai. know. Fucking yeah. fuck this. Kuai. And none of you assholes have to review it either. Um, <laughs> now I want to. Can I, can I take this on? I, and honestly, I'll do a video review where I get to wear the same outfit. That's disturbing. <sighs> I have a little okay, somewhere. <laughs> on the condition that while you do the video, Goodbye Horses is playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'll teach you. Fuck you, yeah. Japan. We'll, yeah, we see you're creepy, and we we'll it raise it. We'll raise it fucking a Buffalo Bill. Yep, your move. <laughs> I'd love me. You know, hey, so speaking of which, yeah. So I don't think I've ever shared this uh, little anecdote with you guys, but I don't know if you know this. One of my favorite things is uh, watching TV, uh, well, edited for TV versions of famous films, like oh, the Lord. formatted for television uh, right, cut right. of mm-hmm. films. And Sounds of the Lambs features one of my, if I were to, if I were to list a, a top 10, top 10 uh, favorite cuts for edited for TV formatted films, uh, this would definitely I, be up I, there. I, I, I think you told us about this one already, too. Have I? I, I think so. Is, has this been on the show? I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, I think that's, it might have been. It, it might be a good callback. It. <laughs> Fuck it. We're it, it's a callback. Oh, I'd marry me. That's right. Yeah, yes. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'd marry me so hard. I'll ne- I'll cherish that for fucking ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys, you don't you don't even don't even know. Well, yeah. I miss you, fuckers, and yeah. we're gonna indulge upon this latest episode of Press Pause Radio. We're going to be touching upon the, uh, well, you know. You're going to be touching upon that disc in a second. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) God damn it. Why? I'd go there. Maybe lose my train of thought. I'm I'm going to go ahead and source it. Fucking asshole. I'm going to go ahead and source that back uh, to crowdsourcing, speaking of which. uh, And just the impact that it's had on video games since... It's uh, continued use and application within the medium and uh, where we are currently at and what sort of future we foresee 
for the the venture practice uh, that's been able to uh, bring such games to life as far as production and funding goes. Uh, we're going to touch upon that and more because we've got a lot of fucking catch up to play as far as uh, covering all the shit uh, that's been ongoing. So, yeah, let's uh, let's chime in the fucking theme music. Let's get that going. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good deal, man. I don't think we could have done it without you to be honest I, so i appreciate I'm that very, very very integral part to this whole thing it's it's, it's what i do mm. right so uh press pause radio episode 96 we're uh, almost Damn. a one double o right in there we are fucking getting there uh and, and that's and that's when we start taking shit seriously mm. right because mm-hmm. lord knows we haven't really been doing that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope uh, but it's fine. I've enjoyed the break. It's been it's been very pleasant. So now that I'm done and like I I've been uh, I've been kind of taking the free time. Well, not exactly free because like there's going to be a fuck ass load of reviews dropping. I've already dropped two late ones, but there's other ones dropping along with other videos that we've been putting together. Uh, lots of reviews are, are sure to hit, especially over the holiday time. There's like what, like about 40 games fucking dropping for quarter four. Uh huh. Yeah, Ugh. that's yeah. too many games. Yeah, we could probably just not even do those. Uh, none of them. No, that's no. Not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too much work. Anyway, um, yeah, fuck, we're doing them. We're doing them to spite Andrew. You guys mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Anyway, um, but no, I have I have enjoyed the extra time to get like super fitness creep. So I figured, you know, get that get that run on, man. Well, not mm. even the run-on. I got a new uh, bench press and elliptical uh, oh, damn. studio now. So, yeah, like, I, I'm fucking... I, hopefully, by the time I run into all you fine folks at the next year's conventions, you'll be like, oh, man, when did Georgie become Uncle Muscles? Yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I, like... I, I, I'm, I'm going to come to the con and look like Dave Chappelle now. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be so sweet. You can't. I can't wait. Oh man, I'm pretty sure you're I'll getting that Mac tan on though. I'll, I'll still end up being fluffy, but you know. Um, I bet you'll have some pretty gnarly. Si- I think you'll have some pretty gnarly sideburns. I'm already calling it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then the, fucking gnarly as the sideburns. Those cool bottle bunkai sideburns. That's what I'm calling right there. Fucking get a comb on that bitch. Yep. Sick of comb right in Sarah's back pocket just so he can fucking whip it out. <laughs> yeah. Do some oh, man. Wicked, wicked pompadour. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, okay. please. Okay. With a Holy terrible shit. bald spot. Yeah, that's classy. No, stop. I know. I'm ser- I'm definitely gone mostly bald back there. It's pretty terrible. You can't notice it, to be honest. You keep saying, no, last time you, we hung out, haven't... I didn't notice it. Yeah, and you know what? That was like a year ago. Well, who knows, man? If anything... You'd be surprised. It's my mother's fault, really. 
That's where baldness comes from, your mother's side. But I uh, did not know that. That's it is cute. true. Yeah, yeah. My, so my, actually, my, I get it from my, my grandfather. Say, my grandfather has a pretty nice head of hair. I don't know if it's real or not, but it looks pretty sophisticated. So, so like, if he's on your I'll mother's side, you're good. Yeah, well, man. I mean, it could be worse. Conan O'Brien's hair, I swear to God, still to this day, has got to be CG'd. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's not real. It's like, it's like Heavenly Sword, man. It's just not real. <laughs> <laughs> that that is not real. Ninja Team, like, that's, that's oh, where they've Jesus. been up to. Like, in between it, tur- it, it, it turns into shit like Bayonetta. Like, oh, damn. Uh, now bet. he's gra- now he's grabbing stuff with it. What the hell? <laughs> All uh, right. I, I will tell you what though that uh, at, at the very least I don't have a skullet, nor will I ever, and that is a blight against humanity, if I must say so. Oh, man, I don't know. I I think I'd probably a rock that. S- what a skullet? No. Yeah, man. If I if I had nowhere else to go, I'd be like, you know what? This is just it. Now this this is this is what's <laughs> going on. I uh, no. my thing is I, I'm getting a lot of gray on the sides, and and I really, really want. Yeah, I wanted to turn into like a George Clooney kind of look, like a peppered mm. look. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, right. I'm thinking that'd be pretty nice. It makes makes me look sophis- like sophisticated. That is pretty sophisticated. Time, yeah. Yeah, man. Like I just I can garner a lot of respect just for the fact that I get stressed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. There's a reward to that. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, I, mine will be gone before it goes before it goes gray. But so there's something I noticed with Oni Chambara uh, Z2 Chaos. <laughs> um, yeah. That it has an actual, like, real-ass video game manual. Like, you know, that's probably the only PlayStation 4 game that has one. And, oh, yeah. And uh, it, All it's, the fan service. All the fan service. Bro, it's just smut. It's just yeah. fucking <laughs> smut. Like. Uh, you can uh, sum it up in four letters. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, uh, on this week's cast, we have yours truly, Georgie Boy's Axe, uh, who's probably talk way too much about like the ongoings of a peeny and a giny for a video game podcast more than like what should be discussed in I don't know the fucking first 10 minutes so uh hopefully as Sarah said made up for lost time leading up to now and for the rest of the fucking show so mm. hopefully I'll keep my clam shut um and the, oh, fucking god I just realized what I did um <laughs> and, and then with with me I also have the infallible Andrew who keeps who sure keeps man that's that's the last thing I would have thought you'd describe me as <laughs> I was gonna say cool. that's rock solid sir <laughs> yeah man I'll take it I'll take it and the uh the incorrigible Sayer uh who I very much adore and miss it's been a while that, buddy that's also a great adjective it's very good you guys, you guys incorrigible I'd uh, like that's... to be referred to as the unpenetrable. <laughs> okay. Um, just, just see if someone wants to prove that. Uh, <sighs> this is going somewhere I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with. Like, I'm just I... thinking of what, what, what WWOD. What would Oni Chambara do? <laughs> <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you have to live your life. Uh, can we get that trend going? I'm sorry. Can, okay. can, I can, think can, by can, the time can, we can I get the wristband. This, I... <laughs> I will get the oh, wristbands yeah, made yes. for the next time we have a convention. Put that, up, put the that, wristband... put that up on the merch page. <laughs> Ironically <laughs> enough, I think the wristband would cover up more than the fucking two-piece in these fucking games. Oh, shit. Cover up. <laughs> yeah, we should yes. do that, but the wristband is supposed to go somewhere else, and it's not your wrist. <laughs> oh, no. This is way too small. Don't worry, man. It'll fit. I'll, I'll make it fit. You know, I think I, I coincidentally enough, 
So what is this a ring? I've like, been talking about like the fitness creeping and like so uh, you know this is something I didn't realize like it's a real thing that like I have to worry about but like there are you have to start wearing like these nipple guards like oh yeah nipple, yeah. Oh, yeah 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 I didn't the, know the this tape. the nip tape yeah, yeah. The, the uh the salt in your sweat will like uh sand away your nipples. That's yeah, kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, man. Like my left nipple kind of looks like a red avocado. So... That's rough, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like seek help immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, consult man, your like, physician. <laughs> I mean, uh, sooner or later, if I if I give it some time and cover it up, it'll go back to its like pepperoni shape. But until then, <laughs> like I. <laughs> Well, I can't eat avocados or pepperoni ever again, man. <laughs> or strawberries yeah. or bananas. Uh, man, whatever foods are we gonna ruin tonight? Oh, I don't know. All of them. I don't know, man. But let's talk about what's on tap for tonight. Yeah. Right. So, keeping up on with tap, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I fucking go on, Sarah. I dare you. How how are you gonna misconstrue that? Please, by all means, go know. on. Are, are are you just drinking? Is that why you <laughs> said on tap? Like, are, are we all drinking right now? I'm not. I wish if I was. only. Nah, yeah, I was should, just gonna say. Be. So, uh, what what topic are you gonna say? I'd tap that too. Mm, See damn. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get this at. This is getting like really uh, sultry. A filthy, filthy mind. Dude, it's we, true. We, we've been pent up for a month, man. <laughs> we just gotta let it all out. <laughs> let it all out, man. Like yeah. a like, like a fire hose, just everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! All over the place. Like, fuck you, California. I'm gonna get this shit all over the place. Try filtering this out. God, I'm just oh, picturing God. like a Capri Sun now, just like uh huh, uh huh. Nope, no. Nope. Or, 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 or or like a whole box of Gogurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it fell off a truck, and that's just, that's just what it's gonna look like. Stop <laughs> it. Okay. Stop it. Stop. All right. <laughs> so, what we have Broker, uh, on like... course for this week's show is, <laughs> uh, aside from the main feature topic, which would be crowdsourcing and its effect or otherwise presence in the culture, industry, and realm of video games. Uh, we're going to be talking about some, you know, fairly relevant pieces of news and our thoughts on it. Uh, mostly the uh, debut of YouTube Gaming and uh, how it's fared so far within the last couple days that it's launched. And uh, we've also got a talk fucking like it's it's just almost become a staple now in all of our conversations. And like, guys, we did it. Oh, and also there's other. St- well, we can talk about that. What's in your console? Just all right. What's in your console is going to be fucking huge uh-huh. so just so everybody prepare for that now we've been fucking speed up been pent up we got shit to talk about as far as what's been keeping our thumbs twiddling um and then after that yeah i think it's uh you know we we broach upon that uh feature topic so without further ado let's go ahead let's tap that news YouTube gaming been kind of looking at it and you know, what? okay, hold on a second here. I thought this wasn't launched in my country and I've got a pretty sweet channel here. Huh? That's kind of neat. Continue. I'm interested because I thought you would be against this there. Yeah, I, me too, I'm but... actually, yeah. And I'm still to now be essentially. Honest, yeah. I mean, uh, let's kind of explain what YouTube gaming is. Cause I personally am not really too familiar with it. I just been basically getting feedback from other people that do videos and, and actually make content for, for gaming. Um, 
mostly like Twitch streamers and that sort of thing, and they've been kind of talking about it. So what is YouTube gaming exactly? Well, as far as I understand, YouTube gaming is essentially, uh, which is weird to me, because Google owns YouTube, right? Yes. All right, but didn't Google recently purchase Twitch? No, Amazon did. Amazon did. Amazon did. Okay, makes way more sense now. Uh, Essentially, YouTube gaming is the answer to Twitch, in a sense, which... I I, I figured, it's streaming content. Right, but essentially, I... There's more to it than just that, though. Um... It's it basically allows gamers to look for specific titles and like those titles are better grouped together under like uh, under the titles like main name. Right. So like let's say uh, there's a lot of people with I don't know, Radiant Silvergun videos. Uh, they're they're better organized than they would be on YouTube on YouTube gaming and there's more information about it. And if there are streams for Radiant Silvergun, they'll also pop up. So essentially not only does it act as more of a aggregated database video wise for gaming and creates playlists. Now, does it create these playlists based on length? I mean, what are, what are the aggregated elements that help organize uh, its search engine? I have no clue because I thought this was only in the U S <laughs> well, you know, and that's weird too. I I'd imagine it would be a global launch considering, I mean, Video games. Yeah, they they only said that it was like for the U.S. and the U.K. only uh, at first for people to like upload and crap. And I can upload. Well, so. here's the thing, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of confusion over like how how it's managed as a platform. It's a completely separate platform from YouTube. So, for example, uh, subscription count on a on a YouTube page does not carry over or they're otherwise like. Uh, synchronize with no it does i've got 2724 subscribers showing really yes so i mean see like i i i guess it's still a little too new to really get like because i feel like there are things still being discovered by it um if anything though what i am kind of like i don't know i'm kind of hopeful in what it will do as far as uh, trumping Twitch is it'll probably bring about the YouTube, the established YouTube formula of monetization uh, to its streaming. And anything, it won't, it'll probably be sparse down to something that, I don't know, I guess offers a little bit more substance than like whatever Twitch partnership is offered for fucking like Twitch streamers. So yeah, I I don't know, man. It, little So Sarah, you're, you're checking it out a little bit more, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got to say, the layout is really, really slick. Like, ha- having just discovered that this exists, <laughs> I'm impressed that it's, uh, it's translated over so well, having not done a thing. Um, like, even, even the, uh, the Bullet Heaven series that I've done in the past, they're, they're there in regressing numerical order. So you can go from the newest, which is the stuff that's still in progress. And then Series 5 is there, and it brings up all the Series 5 with their great, um, like, the big thumbnails and everything. Series 4, Series 3, Series 2, Series 1, and then the popular videos that I've got here um, that are, you know, the, the ones with the highest uh, v- uh, highest viewership. So that's great, actually. So I'm, let me ask I'm impressed. Now, okay, so now now how do you feel about or, or how, do, how, how do you think YouTube will approach this to content creators? Is there going to be things that are separate from the YouTube model that's currently available for you? 
that you can get through YouTube Gaming that's going to help you, or, well, or is I, it strictly just just maybe a more like a more a better way of like sh- showing that content? Like, is there going to be some way of like getting you more exposure because it is a separate, you know, it's not a separate channel, think, but a separate way of viewing the channel? I think like everything else, it's going to be the biggest games that get the most traction, like people playing Call of Duty, people playing the newest, biggest AAA titles. It, it's kind of like how that Twitch are, is right now. Yeah, it's, it's, being, it's, it's going to be all exactly the same. And, yeah, yeah so like, which is kind of a bummer. Like In I my case, like, it, like yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, there are some new games that are coming out that people are like, holy crap, there's Brandon 8. And, uh, and, and they'll sort of latch on to it. Like, I don't know, some some... YouTubers or uh, t- Twitch players will bring up like new crazy bullet hell Toho games or something like that. And those will get a, a ton of views just for like a, a day or so. Uh, so, I mean, there's always the chance that I'll gain traction there. But I mean, you know, I still have 2,700 subscribers, so it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, so here's the uh, here's the thing that I'm curious about, because it's the one thing that I actually find as far as an issue, because we were talking about search engine earlier and uh, again kind of dissecting whether or not it's carried over the same elements of like its uh, main uh, source platform which is I can only assume the YouTube search engine is well hey let's let's try this then because it says search games channels and videos here let's look up uh, Eskatos that's something that's going to be coming up soon uh, on Steam according to uh, Deji Games so just give me a second here uh, Eskatos. There we go. Yeah, we're going to find I mean, out in real time. Right? So like, Eskatos is there. It, it's come up. I see a bunch of videos. If I scroll down, where am I? There I am. Uh, Bullet Heaven episode 80, uh, 53. So it's been a while. But uh, yeah, I'm there and it's not that far down. All right. Let, let, me, let me try this then. All right. You're doing that in YouTube gaming. I will do the yeah. same search in just regular YouTube. Yeah. And, and see where you come up. Uh, how do you spell that game? E S C H. A T O S. Okay, and you, how far down were you, sir? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rows yeah. of three. Huh. You know, All right, you are the twentieth result on the search I did just in regular YouTube. Yeah, right. I'm messing with it right now too, and I, I've got to admit that. I think what it does, because that's the one thing that I don't like about Twitch is like you can't even really find past archives with like no. certain searches. But YouTube Gaming, on the other hand, has way more robust like uh, search result output. Yeah, and I'm not sure how it uh, how it sur- sorts these out. Like some of them that are further up have more views, but they're older. Like this one here is four years old, but it's got ten thousand views. Mine has two thousand views three years ago. And STG Weekly, which is a, um, they do uh, super plays and, uh, and oh, replays. 1,000 views, but it was two years ago. So I'm not sure so how it's. Maybe it's ranking by it like uh, relevance and time. It could be, yeah. So th- it's kind of crazy because if you go just like, it, you notice there's no scroll bar. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just like you have to kind of just use these. I don't know. Like, I guess you just. I don't know. What do you click on? <laughs> how, how do I find more? Yeah, the interface looks slick, but like I don't know how but intuitive I, it is. Yeah, actually using it seems kind of, yeah, not so much. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of weird, using the scroll bar exclusively, because like, if you mess around like holding the button down and moving around, it's not like there. Well, so. 
It's launched this week, so we can yeah. only imagine sure that there's got be some, some kind of. Oh God! I, la- of, uh... how, I launched League of Legends. How did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh my God! What? YouTube Gaming made me play League of Legends. It's Twitch. They're coming after us. Oh man. Well, anyway, so we're so far. It, it's definitely already showing a lot more promise than Twitches, and we can only imagine that it'll it'll definitely give some. Uh, fairly stiff competition to the fucking streaming giant and they might have to change up the way they do things if anything the one big complaint that i've seen out of youtube gaming is that like the copyright uh strikes are are somehow yeah. even crazier uh Those than twitch are pretty intense yeah so i don't know how friendly it is in terms of uh playability accessibility on on whether or not it'll be a viable platform to either my like not even migrate but kind of hold on a second here i just noticed something beside the search bar you can change it by upload date relevance view count or rating Mm. so if you want the best videos for eskatos you know i wonder a sayers video yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, hashtag plug one, two, three, four, five. Aha! Uh-huh. I moved up to the sixth row. Yeah. What's up? Bonus. So, <laughs> enough, enough of the uh, self-fellatio for a second. I kind of... Yeah, I know. I'm kind of spent. Well, I mean... Because there was a, another, like, up-and-coming Twitch competitor, and, like, they kind of went by the wayside. I feel like... I don't know. This is kind of weird in the fact that while it, it definitely has the uh, the following and support and the name recognition, uh, YouTube gaming might turn out to be a big flop and just might not be able to compete with like the fucking cemented hold that Twitch already has. Yeah, Twi- Twi- Twitch is a fucking juggernaut right now, man. It is, yeah. I mean, it's already got integration on nearly every platform. But I feel like, like there's there's a place for both. I think Twitch is is exclusively for streaming gameplay as it's happening like it's definitely more of a let's let's tune in and see what this guy's doing but whereas youtube is i feel like like you said like it would be archived footage it's more like hey man i don't know what this game's like like if i'm looking for more of a learning perspective like i don't know what this game even looks like or how it plays i should check it out i think instinctually i always go to youtube first because there's going to be prepared video kind of based on like I just want to kind of know more about this game whereas Twitch it's like you just kind of jump in you don't even know what you're jumping into you know YouTube's a little more prepared Twitch is more like I just kind of just want to have something playing like just seeing what they're doing um, I feel like there's a place for both and I feel like when they try to go in on the other's territory it just doesn't seem like it works that well and it feels like it's almost like kind of not worth the effort I, I don't think personally yeah it's I don't know, man. The thing is, is YouTube gaming to me almost kind of feels like a glory. Like it, it, it's just a glamorized uh, alternative of what an already existent site. So to I, I mean, I, I'm kind of for it though, because I feel like the, the their main purpose is trying to gain exposure to the video game videos by kind of like separating it from the other stuff that's on YouTube. And kind of giving it its own spot. Like I kind of appreciate it for that if that's the intended goal. Is just trying to give it its own dedicated space. Like I like that actually. Um, Do you think that YouTube might... I mean I know this kind of goes... It, it skews like the the video game uh, center... Uh, well the video game 
nature of our uh, podcast and conversation and whatnot, but just out of curiosity, do you think it might be a launching platform for like other uh, generalized uh like alternative sites like if youtube gaming takes off do you think there's going to be like it's an own individual subset for musicians and artists for like youtube music i'm kind of surprised there already isn't to be honest i mean i feel like you have some people that are kind of like monetizing that like uh what's the fucking like like vivo or or you know yeah. what i mean that that whole thing yeah i don't know i mean i guess i because i think that's what twitch has been doing in a lot of ways too like they've been kind of not just the gameplay stuff now they're doing like talk shows they're doing you know, uh, performances and things like that. Like it is trying to expand. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe YouTube could like, if gaming goes well, they could launch some other, you know, content that's segregated by it, you know, like, specifics I, I, of the it, video and not just lost in the shuffle of everything that's on YouTube. Yeah. Just like its own nuanced following and community, which, you know, music is like the next best one, especially with those. Yeah. Two going. And, and I think, I think they ultimately have to be able to be, not just easier for the people viewing the content to get to and access. I think it should ultimately also be rewarding for the content creators. Like there, this should be something that's going to help them. You know, I mean, I guess it's one thing to make it easier to navigate and easier to find stuff, but you know, I, I would like to think this would be giving the people that put up the videos more of an opportunity to be exposed to, you know, an audience and, and maybe give them some more incentive to if they did want to start doing things like more streaming content, you gotta have more of an incentive to get people to do that on YouTube as opposed to Twitch or other providers. Like, you know, if you give them a reason to do it, then you know, I think that's that's good for everyone involved. But it sounds like with the copyright stuff, they're just making it harder on themselves than they already than already is, you know. That was already a really flawed approach to it anyway. And and, and now the fact that that's gonna like it's gonna kind of counteract what they're trying to do. Like it feels like they're taking one step forward and two steps back with the whole thing. Well, I mean, I, and without like them going out and completely admitting it, what they, which they should at this point, uh, I really feel like Google is in themselves have really pigeonholed, uh, like just the entirety of usability in, in that regard for like yeah. creative uploads and, and whatnot to a point where like, I, it, it really is kind of, just restricting uh more i mean it's it's already caused some shit and even then aside from that there are other entities at work that are kind of just like fucking up that whole creative process like nintendo for example and like the way they're approaching like anything related to their products being uploaded or, or streamed in a way to where they're like claiming like a certain cut of monetization if not all of it i don't know that whole process is still really weird and i feel mm -hmm. like wonder uh, what's gonna happen with mario maker Oh, oh Lord. And and they're doing they're doing like social stuff with that too, like via Facebook. So who knows what that's gonna be. Um yeah. Nintendo they're really trying to embrace that. So like if they go about it like a bunch of dicks, they're really, really gonna yeah. kill any any like goodwill that they may be fostering as far as interest in Mario Maker and even the rest of their winter releases. I mean because like the only thing they've really got going on this winter is Yoshi's Woolly World and I think Star Fox Zero. I'm not Star, sure. If yeah, and then Triforce Heroes on 3DS. A lot of 3DS stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like ultimately they have to be able to do what's right for the people. Like I guess you know making the content because I feel like YouTube has they try to do what's best for the people uploading their videos, but they're also trying to do what's best for the copyright holders. 
Whereas I feel like someone like Twitch is really ultimately doing it just for the people making the the content. Like I feel like they don't really necessarily feel like they have to answer to the games that are being shown or displayed. Like they do, but not to the point where they're like making these kind of crazy deals with copyright stuff and making things happen with Nintendo where they can get, you know, uh, you know, they basically are getting paid for their content being available through that site. Like Twitch does, as far as I know, unless I'm wrong, I don't think Twitch does that kind of stuff. I think I think they're more focused on on their on their Twitch streamers. Like that's like their main focus. That's like their main appeal is having, you know, their best interest in mind. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's why it is so successful. Well, uh, eh, but anyway, speaking of Nintendo, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but again, and we've already talked about it at length for a couple different points throughout the year. But have you guys noticed this is the first year in I, I want to say five or six years that uh, we're not at any PAX event. So, That's I mean, it, yeah, yeah. which is fine. year off. Yeah, we we needed it. I like I can't imagine what the travel's been and I you know this has been the very first day of PAX and you know it's either like days like the very first day or the next day so I can only imagine like I don't want to date the show too much but I can only imagine there's still plenty of room for like some real like fucking buzz bombers to drop but uh weirdly enough the biggest hype to come out of PAX wasn't at it but before it and that was Nintendo's Nindy event mm-hmm. and yeah there was some uh there was some shit, man, that uh, went down. Uh, I mean, let, let's talk about the big the big elephant, the white elephant, out of uh, all the news. Uh, third-party licensed Amiibo, very first one ever, and it's uh, Shovel Knight. And yeah, yeah. here's the weird thing. So, you know, everybody's been clamoring about it all day. Uh, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of weird factors that, like, I, you know... I'm really curious because, funny enough, it, I, I'm, just, I'm, it, it, it spikes my mind. Like being, well, I can't really say I'm an avid collector at this point. I just fucking throw my arms up in the air and wail about like a frantic child until like I luckily, if that, stumble upon like fucking amiibos. So like I'm, I'm burnt out in that. But, um, I think what's interesting is that Yacht Club is not only completely in charge of the distribution of the Shovel Knight Amiibos, they're also in charge of selling them. Hmm. I'm, well, Ooh. I'm sorry, not, well, distribution, so like I the mean, use of it? Them, production. Oh. Yeah, they're making Really? Yes. That seems kind of crazy for them to be in charge of it, because, I mean, they... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, are they able to even produce it at that kind of level? I Okay, so here's... Here's my take on it. The distribution seems wild enough, because I feel like that's... Uh... That yeah. like Nintendo, well, Nintendo, like even they, they, they can't it. even handle they it. They can't even <laughs> handle it. Um, but what if like Yacht Club's able to show them up on on both rights? But here's the thing: I don't think it's fair. Nintendo tries to focus on multiple amiibos. They just got to focus on one, just a shitload of one. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's a lot of elements to consider there. But yeah, I find that crazy. Also, I mean, just the hype. Without it, like, there's no release date. There's no additional details other than that. Just to hype around this alone can really, like, it's so weird because we we've we've already we did a whole episode about it and like how Toys to Life, as Andrew coins it, has kind yes. of been like its own 
like rabid genre that's growing like in the vein of like you know rhythm games via plastic peripherals and what have you um and which by the way is also making a comeback yep. uh, yeah uh i, I kind of look at this as like a really really weird uh like doorway to Nintendo securing the third-party exclusive titles that, like, they've been sorely lacking. Like, what if this is, like, the thing that, like, makes other companies like EA and Ubisoft, for example, rethink their uh, stance on Nintendo? Can you imagine a Rayman amiibo? Well, that's what they wanted. Dude, do you not remember, like, uh, the original Rayman Legends uh, promo? How they were talking about releasing, like, certain figures that would interact with the gamepad screen? That was yeah. Amiibo before Amiibo. Like, what if that comes back? Which would be hilarious within itself. Um, but yeah, man, it... Like, and I'm looking at it now, and even just, like, from all the videos, like, that they've uh, shown uh, as far as, you know, various media... And personalities uh, alike getting a hold of it at the Nindies event. I mean, I think that's the one thing that Amiibos hold over both Infinity and Skylanders. Even with Skylanders stepping up their game, it's just a fucking craftsmanship, dude. The quality of these figures. Yeah. And, like, the weird thing is, is that it's opening up. I think the biggest appeal, I don't know, me and Andrew were talking about this offline a couple days ago. But, like, if the one thing that really holds Amiibo back, like, what makes it less worth it, aside from, like, the frustration and difficulty of even collecting it just from, like, uh, a materialistic standpoint, is the, 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 the promised content that it offers, which, you know, it's not really all that great. Um, but apparently, the Shovel Knight Amiibo is, and it, like, I, again, I really feel like the 3DS version got the shit end of the stick, but hey, you know, it wasn't only till a while ago that there was even a machine uh, as far as the newest uh, new 3DS iteration that uh, features Amiibo support. And even then, it's like, what, Smash Brothers and what other game? It's not There aren't even that many games that really feature yet, so I can't Codename expect... Steam. Yeah. That's yeah. Shovel Knight in Codename Steam. Confirmed. Yeah, pretty much. And like, I, I, I feel like this Steam is definitely... features compatibility with the hardest to fucking find. Uh-huh, it does. Amiibos, so... Do you think that you get Shovel <laughs> yeah. Knight... Will we get Shovel Knight in Smash, you think, now with this? It makes sense. I mean... He was definitely a character they were... Like, with the voting they were doing for, like, characters to be included in the game, he was, like, kind of up there. So this might actually maybe solidify that a little bit more. I can't imagine why it wouldn't. It's just, if anything, here's a weird thing. With, like, the limited capacity that Amiibos have for storage, I wonder if, like... They're like, for example, it's supposed to like hold certain Shovel Knight content and uh, data and DLC that it gives you aside from co-op mode. I wonder if you like have to choose between deleting that to use it as a Smash Brothers amiibo. You know what I mean? Because like mm. it's the same thing with like the, the Mario Party amiibos uh, yeah. or even just like the Smash amiibos being used on Mario Party 10. Like they you can't use one or the other. So well, wait, what about like... Um... You know the uh, the Skylander Superchargers that's coming up for like the Wii and the Wii U. They come with the with amiibos. Like there's the Bowser and the Donkey Kong ones, but they switch between Skylanders and amiibo. Yeah. So they, like they, they function as both. Which yeah, that's that's still weird to me. What if there was a switch that went from data mode and then like uh, like amiibo mode? So like you get the data aspect of it and also the uh, 
the game specific amiibo aspect. I don't know, man. I think they're like I, I would imagine the figure being way more robust than like the standard amiibo size. Because like right. the Skylanders amiibos, like those things are fucking massive. Like they have an insane base. So I can pretty I'm pretty sure that that plastic real estate there isn't just for like show that it's housing uh, quite a bit of uh, storage, technologically speaking, uh, for it to even achieve like such things. I think it's even like got a bigger base than like the standard Supercharger uh, Skylanders. So oh, okay, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I for one am excited to see where this leads. It's just, I find the whole thing really funny. If anything, the fact that like I said, what I, what I proposed initially, that this might be the outlet that, like, secures Nintendo relevance in, in third parties' eyes again. If anything, I'm just really, like, it's only a matter of time before, like, Microsoft and Sony see suit in, in, like, some way or form. Because, like, think about it. You know, after the Wii and Motion was introduced by Nintendo... Uh, Sony and Microsoft followed suit, and they both had varying results, uh, but ultimately we could both agree they did fail uh, commercially. So, I mean, it was only something that Nintendo was able to do successfully, and even then, that didn't last long. Uh, People kind of predicted that Amiibos wouldn't last long, and yet they're going strong, like, what, a year? Like, is it a year or a year and a half? Uh, Close to. I think it started up around the holiday last year. Yeah, actually, it's a year, almost. So it, it feels like a year and a half just because of oh, both so, things. So before we jump off of IGFs, which are interactive game figures, uh, that's another term that you can say I coined, but I didn't, but I'll, I'll, well, I'll go Well, when I ahead. think of IGF, I think of Independent Gaming Festival from GDC. We, we can do that, too. Um, so <laughs> we'll go ahead and use Toys of Life. That's what we've been kind of saying. I, I like Toys of Life. That Thank you. Like, that's, a, that's a marketable word right there. Right? Yeah, man. That buzzword. to us. So, kind of ponder on this for a second. I'm really trying to grasp why this is. Uh, so, we talked about Toys of Life stuff, you know, Amiibo, and LEGO Dimensions is coming out pretty soon. So, that's another one that's going to get added. And you know what's weird? That that hasn't gotten a lot of press. Have you noticed it has, that? No, it has not. Here's the other thing I just kind of found out just looking at the box art. So, so I'm trying to figure out why this is even a thing. You're buying these toys to interact in the game, so you have a physical item that will then be playable in your game. It says on the box, internet connection required. Hmm. For what, for Lego Dimensions? Why? Yes. Then what's the point of owning the fucking toys if you have to be connected online at all times to play it? I bet you the toys don't have the capacity. Oh, dude, I already know where this is going. What uh-huh. if... Because uh-huh. isn't like the big appeal of the toys is the fact that you can still use them as Lego figures within themselves. Yes. I bet you that they don't have any physical component that allows them to be read, but mostly a visual, like something and that it somehow just tie, it ties to your platform. Right. Like uh-huh. something like the base can only read. Like imagine the base being like a super, well, not even a super, but more like a dime store barcode scanner. But yeah. like, and, it, and the the big appeal of the base is that it's supposed to be able to hold up to seven figures. I don't know, and like so, yeah, even then, I, I, think, I think all it's doing is just storing that data. It's not even the the, the character. I don't even think it's storing. It. I think it's just translating. Yeah, maybe it's just translating from an a, an online database that they're planning because that's cheaper. Oh my god, that's uh-huh. so dirty, <laughs> dude. It's I think so exactly dirty. what's happening. I think it's exactly what's happening. <laughs> 
But maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the smarter way to go. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Lego is taking notice of, like, the shortages involved with, like, Amiibo. And plus they see the rush that's involved. Like, even though Trap Team is nowhere seen, like, the crazy uh, demand, it's still seen, like, it's, like, fervent share. Well, and and none none of them ever did, though, when they first came out. That's a thing. Like, Skylanders first hit the market, there was no buzz until, like, maybe three months in. Disney Infinity, no one cared. And, and same with Amiibo. Like the first like month and a half to two months of Amiibo releasing, no one cared. You could easily go to a store and find a villager or a Wii Fit trainer because no one even knew what they were. And then once the I don't you know, know if I could agree bu- with that, man. I like when those launch, like fucking everybody. But no, I guess it, we're all I, friends. I, I, well, I I'm sorry, st- go on. Uh, I was gonna say I just remember staring at a, at a shelf that had those characters on it for at least a month and before they actually started selling it. And once they did, could never find them again. Yeah, Sarah, some, which can, I'm sure we'll talk about in what's in your console with like the big mm. news that Sarah's got to drop. But Sarah, Sarah got bit by the amiibo bug after he, I think he remembered. I remember him saying he never would or he's going to avoid it at all costs. But now Tried. it's already deeper in some fucking rare amiibo. Like he's got two that I don't even fucking have. And I've been at it <laughs> since the very beginning, dog. Yeah, dude. I'm on my third row on this stupid wall of mine. It's bleeding into my life. Oh man, Dude, that's what I happens, man. That stupid it, it, it cuts and it cuts display. and it never stops cutting. <laughs> I, I couldn't bleeding. help myself, and I bought that stupid flagpole display. I just I couldn't help myself. I saw it. It like, looks awesome. I'd I'd buy one, but I'm not taking them out of their packages. I yeah, I actually like using them. Like they're yeah. funny. Like here's the thing, and like Andrew and I think we've talked about this on the show before, but. They really do add a, another later Smash Brothers that I actually find more enjoyable because think about it. You can like raise up your amiibo and give it custom movesets and then right. stick them on other amiibo owners like Pokemon and just watch them fight from the AI. Like that adds a completely different mode to Smash Brothers. I find, I swear, it's almost like fucking fantasy football in a sense or like a fucked up <laughs> version of Pokemon. You just get drunk and watch your plastic figure AI like try to do its best. It's, it's it's awesome. Like, dude, I'm serious. Sit like, there hedge, hedging had, bets on it. I I'm trying to get one together from like all the local people here, but we're gonna have an amiibo party where everybody brings over their respective amiibos and like, yeah, we have we just get drunk and throw bets and we're gonna throw that shit on Instagram. You know like, what? I'll probably I'll probably buy an extra Luigi just for that. There you go, man. Uh, I love how like your character happens to be one of the. Fucking common ones. Yeah, I know, right? God damn it! I could. I don't have. Well, do, I don't. Do you love me some Luigi? He's one of my go-to's. I don't know, man. He's my go-to for the original. Everything else, though, he kind of got weird and floatier and nerd. just fucking falling yeah. over and fucking planking but like, everywhere. Stupid, powerful. If you know how to use him just right. I'm, I'm just waiting for. I'm waiting for that Ryu one to come out, man. Gotta get uh, it. Yeah. I was Gotta smart enough to fucking pre-order that retro pack. I'm not gonna let what happened with Splatoon happen again. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, I just yeah. pre-ordered the Dr. Mario one. On, There's a Dr. Uh, Mario man. one coming out? Uh, it's it's a, it's a exclusive through Target. Drug Lord Mario. Yeah, man. It, it, exclusives at Target, and then I think Bowser I mean, Jr. is an exclusive Tuna Toys R Us. already out, but that's an Amazon exclusive. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I That's the one thing I want to die. It's just fucking the exclusiveness crazy. of it. Yeah. Retailer. Yeah. Exclusives. Because like I, that, I couldn't get Meta Knight. Probably never will. Uh, now, granted, I mean, Lucario, I think, was a Toys R Us exclusive. It, he was. But and I had then, Toys R Us. now he's he started surfacing at the store that shall not be named. 
Uh, oh, maybe yeah. they're timed exclusives. Lucario. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, actually. Yeah, and I know we've got Toys R Us up here, so. Hmm. Well, anyway, I mean, let's not completely overshadow the Nindy event with the Shovel Knight Amiibo. I mean, real sure, quick, just sure. drop. Uh, there's plenty of other uh, indie games that I got touched upon, one of which uh, I don't know if Nintendo had a hand in, like, developing but i know they're promoting heavily uh they've also like got this uh one other fucking um it's like an f-zero game i'm trying to like check out like the the name of it it's a uh, fast racing neo and it's developed by what's the team shinin so yeah it's the same people who had a hand in f-zero so it's essentially gonna be done like more or less is the new modern F-Zero, except, you know, more of an indie flair to it. Hopefully we'll see how that goes. And I can only imagine like there are going to be some compatibility with like Captain Falcon, who's already out in the Smash Brothers line of Amiibos. Um, there's also Hive Jump, which is uh, uh, essentially a console exclusive Metroidvania game, which I find weird. Uh, very, very weird in the sense that, like, it's like it—it it pretty much looks like a love letter to Metroid, not even just Metroidvania. So really weird that Nintendo is like encourage, like they're they're just like totally down with it. I don't know. They've never really touched, and we, I, you know, we we've, we've touched on that genre to death. But I, nonetheless, it's very very strange. Um, and then, yeah, man, they, they're, like, also, like, a bunch of other, uh, games are touching, like, uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, uh, which I, I could have sworn was already out on Wii U, but apparently they're, like, they're releasing the DLC. Um, there's also Gear Walk, Poncho, Runbo, and even Typo Man. There's, like, a bunch of, like, like, the smaller, more Steam-focused indies are, like, coming to Wii U, and... If you've been on eShop, man, like, Nintendo's been, they've been promoted, like, granted, they're still the really obscure, like, fucking indie games that get, like, absolutely, like, they're getting the WiiWare treatment, so to speak, where they kind of just hop on the storefront with absolutely no buzz. But, like, you know, I kind of think Microsoft and Sony are really guilty of that, too. There are times, unless you, like, you're physically browsing the storefront, you're not really Like, like Xbox Indie? Oh, lord. Oh, dude, Yeah. But I mean, that's supposed to be the charm of Xbox Indie. I'm surprised that hasn't carried over to Xbox One. Have you noticed Ugh. that? Like, not at all. It's not it's... at all. Like, never. Well, but you know, it's still going strong for uh, 360. If you happen to access 360 and check that oh, out, yeah. Is there some awesome fart apps or massager <laughs> games that I can download? <laughs> that's cool. Thanks, hey, Microsoft. Man. I'm so glad that you got my game on there that I can message all my friends. The hey, world needs more fart apps. Hey, Jaded Jacqueline, why don't you tone it down a bit? There, there's some fucking kind of cool. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I bought a lot of games on indie. It's just they were fucking impossible to find. I literally had to go through the entire catalog and download demos. And at least, thank goodness, they provide demos for each game, so you can kind of try it before you really commit to it. But there's no way, like, even at one point they had like an IGN thing where they would like kind of like feature some of their like games they recommend, and then they just fucking did away with that real quick. But yeah, I had to actually go on there and either if I knew the developer, like I knew it was Mommy's Best Games, or I knew it was a developer like, hey, this is worth a buy. Like, I don't have to look at it. I know the developer's good. I buy it. Um, 
if it weren't for that, I mean, I just kind of had to go through and just kind of figure it out on my own. It just, there was no way to know what was good or what wasn't good. It was just, it, there was no structure to it whatsoever. It's just kind of a bummer. Well, I mean, thankfully, uh, there's there's been slightly more structure to that, but again, kind of hard to compete with Steam and uh, yeah, with, yeah, and I don't even know what. All like, right, it's weird. Here, here here it is: early access Xbox Indie. Oh. Instead of paying a dollar for the game, you pay fifty cents now, and then they will develop it, and then you wait. No, yeah, that's an entirely different feature topic. That I would like to touch on PPR and crowdsourcing indie games on Xbox Indie. Oh my god! Sponsored by Old Spice. Mm. Let okay. Let let's go ahead and okay. uh, bookmark <laughs> that. Sure. Tab it over to to the future topic. But yeah, early sure. access is within itself an entirely different topic we can broach. But speaking of broaching, uh, I think that's about it for news. Let's fucking let's slap into what's in your console. Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same old, really. Ah, <laughs> ah, dude. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I, I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked Jeez. my elbow. God, now oh, it's the wrong kind ear- of tweak. It's these earbuds I wear. Like I think I'm gonna be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. But I end up just tripping over them and, and hurting myself, like I just did. Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong mm. kind of tweak there, pal. I mean, mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio, Jesus. Tweaked audio, dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor, because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, they, those cost way too much money, though. I, I don't think I could afford a pair of earbuds that don't tangle, because they all do. They well, always tangle up. You know, dude, they are designed to sound great, and they're really cool for uh, just about anything you need them for is because they got noise-reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com right now. It's PPR. You just got to type PPR, and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me out, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some help. Can you prop me up, please? Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you you, te- you tripped over these things? Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. <laughs> Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad. Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse. I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I sure. really can't afford... I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time. Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty? How could you afford not to, dude? Lifetime of warranty would be amazing because I'm very, very clumsy. And also, I, I live on a limited income because I buy way too many earbuds. So I need to buy <laughs> one. I need to buy one pair and be done. So I think this is the one I'm going to get. 
man, go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out. Yeah, dude, enter in the code PPR and you can get 33% off some new earbuds. Uh, but before we do that, let's let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care, yeah? Yeah, yeah, can we ice this? Thank you. Okay. Alright, so if anybody should be taking first lead, it's Sarah. Because yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, there's got a lot. Come on, man. Do this. Come on. Wait, hold on. Andrew, are you ready? Yeah, sure. One of us. One oh, of us. us. Wait, what are we talking about? He's talking about the he, it's, I got a Wii U. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I thought but... you were gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make me laugh, dude. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh, the belly I'm not that desperate. Yeah. I got the belly laughs. <laughs> you guys can both die in a fire. I thought hey, man. You start chanting one of us. You're chanting one of us because now you're on our side, George. Whatever, man. You I, know, I got to yeah, admit, you know, I'm, not, I'm not too happy with the brand. Uh, yeah. And especially, like, I, you know, funny enough, I haven't even turned my Ouya on since the Razer acquisition, so I don't even really know what's changed. And, you know, like, Razer's a great company and all, but I really don't think it's a good fit. I, dude, I don't. I think they, they just want to establish Android-based gaming, and that's kind of the best way to do it. With um, established platform, but, like, <laughs> that whole, like... <laughs> he said that he didn't laugh. <laughs> I could just okay, imagine the straightest of God. faces. I'm being okay. such a dick right now. What's my problem? Oh, dude, I'd push you down the stairs if I could. Uh, dude, I'd push myself <laughs> down the stairs. I'm being an asshole. All right. Anyway. But yeah. But Wii U. So did you buy a Wii U just because of Earthbound? I did. I was going to say, let, let's just yeah. get out there in the open, that, man. That is, that is the <laughs> main reason why I picked up a Wii U. I, I figured, it was I also kind of a moment of weakness because like, I was on vacation recently. And while I was gone, some stuff went catastrophically wrong, which is a story yeah. for another day. Sure. But, uh, you know, I was back. I was wallowing in a pit of self-pity. And I'm like, well, I got $550 from sound engineering. I might as well buy something. And so I got a Wii U. Well, pretty much that. No, you don't it. sound like you regret it, though. Come on, buddy. Talk it, to it's, me. It's an investment. I, like, I, don't play it a, I don't play it a lot. Um, I played a bit of Smash Brothers and... Strangely enough, the most I've spent with is Nest Remix Pack, which uh, you know at at one point I had uh, while well, I was playing the uh, the Nest Ultimate Remix on 3DS, and uh, and so yeah, I got the uh, the Nest Remix Pack because I guess it has more in it. It has yeah. more than the. Uh, oh, I didn't even know that. See, and I yeah. and I see, I would see that definitely being uh, a title that you would uh, fucking play because I remember when we did our play play on it that that had you smitten. That 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 was the one thing that kind of the had super to... super Luigi Brothers, yeah. Oh, dude, Super Luigi Brothers is fucking great. dumb. And, like, <laughs> I bought I bought like NES Ultimate Remix, hoping that that was it. But no, all they had was like fast Super Mario Brothers. So I'm like, oh man, I gotta get a Wii U and pick up NES Remix Pack, and that's where I'll find the goodness. <laughs> but <laughs> so I so I did. So all right, so. Let's talk about this for a second. All so right. with with your Wii U, yes, you bought uh you got the Super Mario 3D World set uh, from what I remember. Which I've I've got thoughts about that, but we'll save it for a little later on. 
Um, well, I mean, uh, have you played it? Yes. Okay, well... I've played, well, played quite well, a bit of it, and you know what? I'm not especially impressed by the control. Uh, well, okay, so... But, okay, so weren't you an advocate for 3D Land? Like, I thought you liked 3D Land. I never it... played 3D Land. Oh, well, yeah, they're very yeah, similar. See, now, like... 3D Land, like, I was kind of expecting the same sort of conventions. And, I mean, to a certain point, it does have the same control conventions as, like, Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario 64. So, like, you can do your triple jumps. You can do your backflips, the ground pounds, and the one where you, like, run and then switch suddenly. So you do that, like, somersault backwards kind of thing. Um, And that's all fine and good. But the control seems to be really um, inaccurate. Like, when I jump somewhere, I tend to think that I'm going to land someplace, and then I land somewhere entirely different. That's and I'm weird. like, mm, I don't know. I'm not so not so sold on the controls. I never um, got that. Uh, now, it vibe. may be because I'm just using the, the, the Wii Pro Controller, and it may also be because I've been using nothing but Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would probably go back and try uh, Mario or especially Peach. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Luigi, I, yeah, dude, you want to talk about traction and difficulty platforming like that, dude, he fucking moves like a refrigerator on roller skates. Like I've, <laughs> I've never liked using Luigi. How else My, am I going to make the game harder? Right. Like, bro, Toad, just fucking dude, slap on that toe. Mm, toad, toad, toad is where it's at. But anyway, so you got Super Mario 3D World. Uh, yeah, that was Earthbound. right? So Earthbound Zero, uh, obviously. So, but that's not what it's officially called, right? It's, uh, what is it called? Not like Earth Brown or Earth. Earth Brown. I like that. Earth Brown. No, uh, no, no, I did get the original Earthbound, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but no, what is yeah. Nintendo calling it on eShop? No, no, no. The original Earthbound, like for Super NES. Like the, the first oh, one that we got. Okay, yeah, yeah. got you. I, got I you. did get that, yeah. Because I'm, I'm retiring my cartridge. I can't play that thing anymore. It's way too valuable. Well, yeah, uh, there's that. and But I'm, they also re-released, like, uh, Earthbound's Earthbound quote unquote zero as it's been known for for a very long time. Yeah, but Nintendo uh, is one, uh, branding it as something else. I'm trying Earthbound, to. Remember. I'm getting to it. Beginning, building it up, yeah. dude. Yeah, Earthbound. Oh, sorry. Be- thanks, sorry. thanks. Sorry. thanks I, I, I spoiled toast. it. Come on. I'm sorry. Earthbound I'm sorry. beginnings. Earthbound beginnings. <laughs> um, and I haven't gotten a chance to play that a whole lot yet. Where I, I definitely have that uh, on tap for uh, hit our play play stream. All right, uh, so basically, play, play it's it's fucking hard. Oh my god. Well, not only is it hard, but I I can imagine that like any of the charm that uh, is involved with like the dialogue and whatnot is heavily censored. Because like that's the one well, thing I didn't care for in like the the Earthbound Virtual Console release on Wii U is it's it's even censored from like the Super NES, like what we've already gotten in America like fucking twenty years no, ago. No, actually the uh the I believe the uh the mother two that we got there on, on the Wii virtual console is more or less intact. They they didn't censor much. I think uh what they did is they just toned down some of the uh the flashier effects so that you don't get a seizure. Yeah, uh, well man geez. like but, you know, that's fine. I got a headache playing that game quite a few times. It was a great headache. But... Yeah, dude, we look back <laughs> fondly on those headaches, okay? Is... Yeah, I know. I love my Virtual Boy, too. <sighs> that was our childhood. <laughs> God damn it. But anyway. Um, all right, so you got Earthbound, okay. Earthbound Beginnings. Uh, uh, Mega Man 7. Uh, downloaded that, obviously, mm-hmm. because, you know, favorite Mega Man game. 
and I'll, I'll retire that cartridge too, etc. Um, what else? Uh, okay, so for the retail games, I got the Wonderful 101. Which I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that one, because I... I don't know. I will say I was slightly like that one's cool, but not as cool as like I originally hyped myself out for it to be like because yeah, I was I was a little let down by it, but the core mechanics work. Um, it, it does. It did require a lot more polish, I'd say, but on the whole, it's still a fun, well written game. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad. Like I'll I'll continue it. I'll probably see it through to the end now that I've gotten used to the mechanics. But uh, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's not as good as I, I had hoped it was. We'll say. Yeah, I'm I'm on that boat with you, man. Like mm-hmm. there's just kind of gimmicky for me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have like that. I felt like there was always something that engaged you in Pikmin. Where, right. like, there was always something to do, something that always kept you moving, and there was, like, this sense of drive towards the world. Everything, while Wonderful 101 had, like, that one fun moment, and then, like, it was few and far between all these shitty little uh, distractions or moments that, like, were more chores than fun as far, mm. especially when they were a lot needier uh, in terms of, like, how you needed to approach it with the various superheroes versus, like, you know... Pikmin and and even then like with all the new Pikmin types and uh, nuances they've introduced it all still felt really fluid and consistent not yeah. so much in 101 man 101 the, uh, the general lack of Pikmin availability is why I don't have it <laughs> it's so weird too I've noticed that no. that I do not see that copy uh, like in any way shape or form retail wise like out in the wild like at all that it's so weird to me it, it's like the same thing with uh, Pikmin 2 on cube Oh yeah, definitely. The the Pikmin two on the GameCube was super limited. Yeah, uh, I, I will say though that Walmart probably has it, so I'll, I'll look into that a little later on. But not before I get Super Mario Maker. Come on, it's gonna be yeah. seventy bucks. It sucks. It's gonna be seventy dollars. Yes. Oh, yeah, because it bun- includes the Amiibo, right? No, oh, man. because we're, we're because I live that. in Canada. Oh. Like new new uh, new gen AAA titles are seventy nine ninety nine up here, and that's fucking garbage. It's that crazy. is. Holy shit. Yeah. So That's weird. So I've got a Patreon account, guys. Uh, if you want to like chip some money into Bullet Heaven, that'd be fantastic. Do you really? This I'm is going, news. Yeah, this I'm is also going news. broke. So I'll get into that when we close the show. But uh, I'm just oh, saying, you give, cool. give me money. I need it. For, for foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So and finally, of course, you know, I got the, I got Super Smash Brothers for Wii U as well. Uh and the DLC characters are hella expensive, let me tell you. $28 mm-hmm. later, and I've got the four characters. That's bundled yeah. up. I saved money. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Nintendo wants you to think that. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. I don't even remember how much. I think I spent like 20 and I got everything, but I got Mewtwo like, from Club Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Same. Which is same. weird. So that funny enough, weird. I got... Okay, so I got Club Nintendo Mewtwo, but... Um, Nintendo pulled some shit where because I I didn't register it in a certain time frame, even though I got them both at the same time. You didn't get the CDs. I didn't get the fucking CDs, and I'm just like, dude, really? What? Come on. Yeah, I did like that on the last day though. They like super discounted a bunch of shit. I'm so like, pissed too that I didn't know that because I'd used my points already, like oh, knowing no. that <laughs> it was going out. Yeah. So and I then just the fuckers wait till the last day. Like, are you kidding me, Nintendo? You, you 
fuckers. I'm pretty sure they had to give somebody incentive. Like, I think I had like 10 coins remaining. I'm like, well, there you go. You get to keep them. Those are yours, yeah. Nintendo. Here's a tip. What uh, What are your general thoughts on Nintendo Land? I like it. I think, if anything, uh, it definitely, it's like as sad as it come to say, which we all kind of called from like the very inception of the Wii U once it hit like the public years ago. Uh, that's probably one of the best games to utilize like all the features of the gamepad because Lord knows the, okay, the so gamepad. It's kind of like, like the Wii Sports for the gamepad. Ah, uh, better. I I think there's more like there's more replay uh, replayability and not only that it's not shallow like Wii Sports because like if you're a fan of Nintendo history or just have an appreciation for anything like Nintendo related, it like it even it has a bunch of Easter eggs. Like it even has Easter eggs for like the fucking Hanafuda cards. Like it, hmm. I like it. I don't um, know. I just keep thinking of like the reveal for the Wii U and Reggie Fizeme ending the uh, the Nintendo presser with. And here's another special look at Nintendo Land. It was just like a rotating pan shot of the camera looking at like a cheesy looking uh, fireworks display. It's like, is that supposed to be impressive? Well, I don't think they had a lot. They didn't have a lot going around the time that they dropped that announcement. Right. Okay. So so it's still worth a look, though, right? Yeah, I I think so. I haven't booted it up. It's pre-installed. It's pretty cool. It seems like. Yeah, Yeah, I I like that. My favorite. My favorite's even like, I think the one that thing that I keep going to is Donkey Kong's Crash Course. Like that's my favorite like gem from like all the other ones. But like especially when you get when you get a lot of people involved in the uh, not just the Metroid one, but the the Mario one, uh, where it, it's essentially like a crazy Pac Man, which it reminds me a lot of Pac Man versus. Okay, like the yeah. way they use the Game Boy Advance and like players would look at the TV screen. It's mm-hmm. very, very, very similar concept. But I feel like it, it does a little bit more with the gyroscope sensor. And then the F-Zero game is also really fun, too. I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of it. I would say it, if you like would like a neat, fun way to celebrate Nintendo and something that kind of like you can always bring out in front of anyone um to have fun with like it, it's definitely a keeper and i'm pretty sure it's like super cheap at this point no i've so. already got it it's pre-installed oh wow that's weird yeah so there's that i was concerned that the uh, the two games were going to be we're going to take up a lot of room on the uh, on the drive but uh Dude, data management between slate. any of the consoles are fucked now like yeah, it's true but i mean for what's on there like uh mario 3d world and nintendo land were both installed and there's like 20 gigs left Oh, they weren't even nah. physical? Dude, nah, god yeah. damn. And it, ugh, all right. And like, again, I think this is a conversation we've all talked about offline. Yeah, but yeah. like, at, at some point, like, there's really, I don't know, because when we first started the show, like, what, six years ago? Mm-hmm. We were like, fuck digital. Now we've totally flipped the script and we enjoy it, but like, there's no incentive to it. Like, between the install files on a physical disc and digital, it's the same fucking capacity. I, I just, I don't understand. Like, I feel like this is something that we should already be ahead of the curve on, and we're disgustingly not. Mm. Especially for, you know, how pricey and how demanding, uh, like, storage and, and purchases and choices may be for, like, uh, particular titles for everyone's personal library. Like, I don't know, man, it I feel like it's something that shouldn't just be addressed with something as lazy as like a third party external drive. 
Like, right. I think that's a really dumb solution, but whatever. Like, I just hope that this little mention here goes a long way in the future. But anyway, really. So, yeah, aside from that stuff, like on the, on the Wii U front, um, like, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to try to get more games as they come out and stuff. Like, um, wait, uh, what was it? Uh, Mighty Number no. 9 was delayed, wasn't it? Yeah, till next year. Is, is there any kind of date that's been set or what? Nothing I've seen personally. Lame. That and you know we, uh, dude, and we haven't really touched upon that yet. But I'm sure that's going to go into the future topic. That's definitely something we're going to touch on. But yeah, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I, I. Yeah, that actually we'll save that for the future. Topic yeah, so plays. A- I, I know I'm going to get the Wii U version to play, and I'm going to keep the Xbox One Collector's Edition sealed up. But um, a, dude, yeah, like again, the whole Shovel Knight thing. Makes it really like I don't I don't know if I should like if I know the indie game is going to come out on the Wii U now it's really messing with me. Mm-hmm. I because I could like I could has a physical release, release, you know. Yeah, I could totally. Well, yeah, and Shovel Knight is also getting a physical release if it hasn't already come out. I'm you know, they announced it, it like yeah, a month ago. It's coming towards the end of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so but, I'll grab that. It's thirty bucks, right? So whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I could totally picture Concept like hooking up with Nintendo. But like, well, maybe not so much because the Wii U port was like sort of a last minute stretch goal thing, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Like there's mm. supposed to be like a 3DS and Vita version too, wasn't there? But I think those have been scrapped. Really? I think so. Hit, yeah. Didn't they hit the stretch goal for them though? Yes. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll be available digitally, but um, there's no physical versions from what I can tell. Oh, yeah. well, okay. I thought you just meant entirely. Yeah, that... I guess we'll have to see what's up, right? Like, but, uh, you know, when the time comes. Um, And there's a couple more. Like, there's Rodia Sky Soldier coming out. And that got pushed back, too. Yeah, it went to November, which is nice. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as Wallet Apocalypse for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, September September is going to be the shit. It's going to be dumb. Yeah, like, uh, what else? Like, there's going to be... what else on the Wii U is coming out? Like, there's obviously Mario Maker coming out with like within like the next couple weeks, and there's like that uh-huh. new Hatsune Miku game coming out on the 3DS. Do you and that's think in, like, that? A week and a half. Yeah. Do you think Xenoblade's gonna hit this year? No, definitely not. That's definitely 2016. Okay, they keep on pushing holiday, yeah. but they don't say specifically yeah. if it's holiday 2015 or or well, if they say just holiday. Right. That that can go into March of 2016. If they really want that to. That is that is definitely a game I'm gonna have to get. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, and I, think, I know now I have to play the one that I've got. <laughs> so, ah, uh, man, if I tried doing that now, I don't know if I'd ever be done. Like, it, it, it's a longer game. It seems like. Mm, yeah, it seems that way. Like but, I tried getting through the last story and I never made it. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so good though. It's I so know. good. I, I, it really I, is. I, I didn't get through any of the Operation Raindrop games at all. Uh, I I got through uh, that. The Pandora's last Tower one is one I didn't yes. touch. It's That's so the one good. I didn't. I bought it and I haven't plugged it in my fucking Wii at all. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, for me, for me, it was Xenoblade that I never played. Oh no, Xenoblade's the best yeah. between that and Last Story. Oh, probably, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I didn't even pick it up on the the like the 3DS copy. I didn't like. I didn't, I still don't even know why I bought the new 3DS. Yeah, like, I, I don't even have that new model, so I couldn't get it anyways. No, no, I've got it on the Wii. Yeah, yeah, yeah the original so, one. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But, um, yeah, so, you know, lots coming out, obviously. Um, I'm picking up a Steam controller at one point, which is going to be interesting. 
Uh, that's going to be interesting. It's pre-ordered weird, yeah. that. That you've been playing more PC and Steam games. I've been noticing, Oh, too. God, so but, many. I mean, yeah, like, I mean the, the shmups are really, like, it's kind of a, a renaissance on PC, I think, right now. You have no idea. Like like, like yeah. I said earlier, right, Eskatos is coming to Steam, and it's going to be fully localized. All of the Japanese is translated over to English. Um, and uh, basically, without saying too much, I'll be uh, putting footage up of it as it launches, we'll say. Um, basically also like, you know, you've got like 12 zeal came out and there was also a bunch of uh, stuff from new media that came out like, uh, supercharged robot Volkizer and what was the other one that came out there? It was, uh, armed seven that came out very close to that. And they've got another one coming out. That's uh, following up gigantic army. It's called, uh, steel strider. And uh, we actually got a, a preview copy of that for uh, our uh, Halifax Scramble event. So that was pretty cool. That doesn't even have a release date. So, yeah, there's there's a ton of shmups on the uh, on, on the Steam platform that are just kind of like really heavy hitters that I never expected to ever see, especially in the in the case of Eskatos. Like that's one of the best games I've ever played. I'm so stoked that it's coming out here um, so more people can play it. Well, but uh, yeah, aside from that, you know, just like a, a bunch of uh, just just a bunch of like uh, Final Fantasy 14 and uh, stuff for for realsies here. Like I'm I'm uh, reviewing another game for Hey Poor Player. And uh, and of course, uh, I've got reviews lined up for press pause as well, but you'll have to wait for those. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, one last thing. When I was on vacation, I bought a shit ton of like Famicom games because I was bored when we were at the beach. So I ended up getting like the Tower of Druaga for Famicom boxed, uh, box copy of 1942, box copy of Mappy, um, a box copy of what was the fourth game that I got there? One, two, three. Oh, no, I got two PC Engine games. So I got Tower of Druaga on PC Engine and Red Alert. Which uh, U.S. players for Turbografx CD might know as Last Alert. So, oh, but <laughs> yeah, got that shit on lockdown. <laughs> so we're definitely doing a play play for the Japanese version. Cool, cool. Yes, absolutely. Very nice. Um, and so that more or less uh, wraps it up for me. But I will end uh, in saying that I've discovered something amazing on YouTube, and everybody needs it in their life. Um, show notes. Nam- yeah, definitely show notes. Uh, Namco Bandai and a company called Shifty Look uh, did an animated uh, mini series of, or I should say, like a series of small video shorts for Mappy, and uh, it uh, it takes place like way after the fact of the of the actual game. So like by the time it picks up, uh, <laughs> Mappy's a disgraced cop. <laughs> And he gets a he gets a job as a head of security. Oh, I've been hearing about it. like they've done yeah. this for like Bravo Man and like yeah, exactly other... stuff like that. But dude, the Mappy shorts are the best. Like if you like old Namco games, they make reference to so many obscure things, and it's absolutely hilarious. I feel so, like you've already touched upon this in looking through the pixel glass. Oh my god, you definitely need to make it a part of your life if you haven't already. Yeah, well, definitely, it's, it's worth notice. worth worth every second. Definitely. So that's right. it. That's it for me. Andrew. Hopefully, I haven't bored you to death. 
No, no. not at all. No. no, I mean, I'm just excited. You're, like you're, I said. You, you've been talking about current titles. I feel like mm. we've uh, we turned a page. <laughs> we have turned a page, yeah, Sarah. We we, we, uh, we are we are one now. Even though half of the stuff that he bought was retro. Yeah, technically, yeah. right? But still, half, half. Uh, with that said, no, I would say only about a quarter, actually. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Uh, speaking of there, George, uh, you know, the, the Amiibo thing. You said that I've got more rare ones than you do. Which yeah, ones man. are you missing? Bro, Marth and Villager? Really? And, oh, uh, shit, really you have a fun. Villager? What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Villager, Villager was reprinted. He should be fairly common now. Nope, can't oh, find it anywhere. Nah, dude. He's the golden fucking goose of... Really? He's yeah, like... Dude, I can't find him anywhere. The store that I was at today had like three. Really? God! Mm. God damn it, dude. Fucking yeah, I can't find but any Still of a Captain Falcon there, too. Uh, Jesus Marth, Christ, dude. Martha's sold out, and what's neat is that that one's actually a first print. It wasn't a reprint. Yeah. So I don't know where they got it, but I got one of them. Yeah, man. No, the rarest one I got is... Uh... Probably Wii Fit Trainer, and that's like from the like the first release. Because I'm hearing that like the re-release, like they reduced her bust for some reason. Mm. Womp, damn, womp. damn. Yeah. She, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. What uh, I'd say that. rarest one I have is, I don't know. I don't even know how rare the Gold Mario is either. I think I, I know. Think, I, I, I have I, that one. Uh, I really, really want that one because it would let me complete the Mario set. Hmm. I just really wanted a Lucina. I'm so bummed I don't have that. I do, yeah, I don't have a single Fire Emblem character. Like those no, are the hardest the, fucking well, ones to get. Yeah, I, I, I have a, Shulk. I like. There Shulk. was a there was a bunch of Ikes for the last week and a half now that have been floating around. To this oh area. my lord! What? Where the fuck? Where? Yeah. Do you, do you live in Nintendo World? <laughs> 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 Is that where you are right nah, now? <laughs> I live in Canada. Dude, it's like Nintendo World, man. Yeah, it's just like it. I, I can't, like, everything that you're naming so far hasn't seen the light of day or a shore shelf, uh, like, a store shelf here in, like, what, fucking, like, Ages. not even minutes. Yeah. I, I was meant to like, try to get yeah. Dark Pit, and, like, I, I, I okay, so, like, Best yeah, Buy opens at 7, and, like, I completely missed out on that one. No, dude, Best Buy opens at 7. I showed up thinking, like, all right, well, whatever. There's a line, and there's a Best Buy employee saying, don't bother if you're here for Dark Pit. Everyone here in line, like, no more. I'm just, you can wait in line all you want, but we're not going to allow any violence or roughhousing, so. Uh, you should have <laughs> fucked people up anyways, man. Yeah, d- uh, dude, no. Dar- it, like, I, I really wanted Palatina, but that was, like, Amazon exclusive. There, there was no I way. It's actually the easiest one to get. I just, I don't know why. I'm going to get it eventually. I don't know. Again, this is, this was a fucking... This was something I should never have like started. Yeah, once you started. And honestly, the only one I really need out of Wave Five is I'd like to really have Gandorf because I have all the other Legend of Zelda ones. Zelda ones. But at this point, I've already gotten Doctor Mario and the Retro Three Pack pre-ordered. If I I see Olimar anywhere, I'm gonna buy Olimar for sure. The Retro uh, Voxeled, like classic Mario. I really want that, but it's Um, it's looking grim. And I think the modern one's only going to be available in the Wii U bundle that's coming out at Walmarts in America. Ugh, lame. Yeah. What was Those the other one there? Uh, the the three-pack, lucky for me, the three-pack has three that I really wanted anyway, like Mr. I, Game I, & Watch. I, I, obviously, awesome. we all need a duck hunt. You know, Rob, yeah, exactly. That. The duck hunt dog, that. definitely. So. Yeah, needed that. I was actually lucky when I was on vacation, one of my coworkers pre-ordered one for me. So. Nice, nice. It's not too bad. Hmm. 
Ah, <sighs> well, all right, Andrew, what have you been playing? So, um, my my playing has been limited. Um, since we last recorded, I was playing putting boxes in specific orders so they can fit into cars, U-Hauls, various vehicles. Um, and then after that, I played let's put these things that we don't need anymore into other cars, trucks, and containers and throw them away or store them or burn them. We, we burned a lot of stuff. So Tetris, um, Peggle, and Fire Nice. All the things. Yes, all the things. Um, but yeah, I moved officially, so now I'm actually in, in the home that we're going to be paying on for the next 30 years. So that's always exciting to know that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting <laughs> depressed as I talk about it. Um, but as we got settled in and uh, got things, you know, obviously you set up your gaming systems and how you want things situated first and foremost. Like, fuck the baby's room. I need to set up my shit right now. Baby can sleep on the floor. I'm going to go ahead and get my PS4 hooked up real quick. That's, that's my mentality. Um, that didn't go over too well. But uh, got stuff hooked up and I went ahead and bought a PS4 fight stick because I really need one for the Street Fighter 5 beta, and then I tried playing the Street Fighter 5 beta, and, you know, that happened. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm happy I have the stick now, so when the beta... Well, the beta is actually going on as we record this, so I'll hopefully be playing some of the beta now that I have an actual fight stick to do that with. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get a chance to actually play Street Fighter 5 too much. I, I think I played a little bit of training, and that's about as far as I got. Uh, I played... I got into Destiny pretty hardcore again. Um, kind of leading up to the uh, the the release here soon of the Taken King, um, I actually switched platforms. Though I was originally playing on Xbox One, uh, made the switch to PS4 because a lot of people I know they're playing Destiny or will be playing Destiny when it comes out. With Taken King, are playing on PS4. Uh, this and, dude included. Yeah, and, and and that game, like you really need your friends to play with you. Like once you hit a certain level in Destiny, like. It's just it's not fun doing things like with just random people. You want to play with people you know, especially if you're coordinating strikes or raids or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I made the switch to PS4, and I was really trying hard to get to level 30 before end of the month. I only got as far as level 23, and that's sadly where I'm going to stop because I don't have any more time to play it until um, September rolls around. So, uh, but really got hardcore on Destiny for 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 a minute there, like really into like watching Twitch streams on it and, and kind of getting into it. Like people that are doing this like six, eight months ago, I was just now getting into it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did some destiny. Um, I'm really trying to look and see what else I have. I, there wasn't much else. I'll be honest with you. A lot of destiny, a lot of moral combat from, from time to time. I'll just jump in and do like, you know, the specific uh, tower challenge for that week. Just to kind Which of, I've been really that. like, man, dude, uh, fucking Nether Realm has been really consistent with it. I'm happy because I thought yeah. it was going to turn into you... like an injustice thing to where it was like mm-hmm. hot for like the first, you know, two or three months, but like they've been on it. They have been. They've been really supporting it with the towers will unlock, obviously, like, you know, uh, specific like things for your player card, like backgrounds and, and emblems and back, you know, and borders and, I'm a fucking sucker for that shit. So I'll do one a week just to get that stuff. But it's cool because it allows you to play characters that you wouldn't normally play to get a feel for them. And even if you don't buy the DLC characters when they first release, they usually have them available for play in the tower. So it's almost like you get kind of like an extended demo of the character before, 
you know, you decide you want to buy it, which is kind of a cool thing. I, I think that's kind of awesome. They offer that. Yeah. Um, for those who didn't buy the season pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, man, the DLC content's been great. Like the classic fatalities, the classic costumes, which they've had for free, which is yes. even, yeah. Yep. I thought that was a really cool move. They even went ahead and included, uh, the cold war scorpion skin, which is only available in the limited edition, uh, which was a store that should not be named. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, so we're gonna throw a sensor in there. Yeah, enter that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, they uh, they released that for free as well. Uh, it was probably like a timed thing, and then they released it for free. So I have, I'm not kidding, like every single piece of DLC from World Combat that you can own. Um, but I still have not yet unlocked everything in the vault. <laughs> have not yet done that. I've got I've gotten one one uh, faction all the way to level fifty, and I just started another one. But yeah. Still have not unlocked everything in the vault, and that's going to take some time. Like I still feel like there's a or lot you, left. Dude, just, to unlock. dude, just fuck it. Buy, spend that twenty dollars. But by by like I like unlocking it. It gives me something to go back to. I mean that's kind of cool. Um, and that's really I think about it to be honest. Um, I did. Oh no, there's one more thing. Um, I don't know if we talked about it. Um, the last time we recorded, uh, Skull Skullgirls, second encore on PS4. Uh, we have not. Oh, it is good. Really? It's like so I was incre- I was thoroughly unimpressed with it on Steam. Like, oh man, I don't know, man. Just I, I liked Skullgirls when it first hit. Like, I got it on 360 when it first released, and then yeah, I, I checked out the Steam version, and I just couldn't really get into it. But it was still okay. This one, man, I think they knocked it out of the park. I think the new characters are really cool to mess around with. Um, the gameplay is solid. It, it plays really well on PS4. Um, it's awesome, man. And they have a a, a character named like I think Beowulf. And he's very he's a wrestler and he'll he'll say specific wrestling things as you're playing as him. Like he'll say, uh, you know, he'll say like botch. He'll say <laughs> uh, pipe bomb. He'll throw, a, he'll throw an actual pipe bomb. He has a steel chair that he'll use in moves. Um, he does like a yes chant. Like it's it's very wrestling trope kind of centric of a character, which I, I appreciate for you know, both levels. It's a fighting game and it's a wrestling character. Like I, I love that for both reasons. Um, and yeah, it's really, really good. So I definitely recommend it. PS4 has got some really good fighting games like killer instincts. Okay. On Xbox one. I mean, it's definitely good, uh, but it's very good. It's very good, but it's like really the only fighting game on Xbox one. That's worth your time. True. And I feel like, man, like PS4 for me is knocking out of the park. I mean, ultra on PS4 is good. Now it was bad when it launched, but it's good. Now, uh, skull girls, uh, oh man, uh, street fire five. You know, that, that, that's every time I get a new character reveal, I get more and more pumped. Like it's looking really solid. So um, that's about it for me. I didn't really mess around with too much else. Uh, I was going to try Heroes of the Storm and I, I kind of messed with it, but not to the extent that I would say I played a lot of it. But I do want to try to jump into that more, hopefully. Um, oh, there's one more. One more. Uh, Rising Thunder. Right. OK, so I... Please explain to me that one. No, that one's new to me. So Rising Thunder, um, this came out around the time of Evo. Uh, It's a game being developed uh, in, I guess, I'm not sure the developers, but I know that Seth Killian, uh, which was a big part of the fighting game community. He worked for Capcom. He worked on PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Uh, He's part of the development team for Rising Thunder. And what they're trying to do is they're making a fighting game that is accessible um, and that kind of takes away a lot of the mechanics that kind of make people not want to jump into a fighting game. Like it's too much to learn and they, they don't really know how to like 
you know, do all the specifics like frame counting and all that kind of crazy stuff you get with fighting games, like on a more competitive level. And so they're making Rising Thunder with the 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 concept that uh, you could do these moves and these combos, but there's no input required. So um, it looks very much like Street Fighter Four in terms of its mechanics, but you're robots. Um, and oh, dude, is it Cyborg Justice 2.0? Wait, is that the one you played for review, the really bad FMB one? No, 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 no. That's um, something, something death. No, I'm talking about the shitty Genesis fighter. Oh, uh, no, You no. remember, Sir? Cyborg Justice. Uh, no. Okay. He's blocked. I don't remember that one, yeah. Yeah, it must have uh, been that bad. Never yeah, played so, it. <laughs> so, so it's robots, and it definitely looks like Street Fighter 4. But, yeah, the cool thing is that you don't do inputs. Like, if you're trying to do a specific maneuver, like a fireball or a dragon punch, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, you don't do the quarter circle or the, um, you know, full circle motions. You only push a button and it does the input for you. It's kind of similar to how Street Fighter 4 on 3DS was, but not shitty. Um, well, yeah, because in like they did that, too. I remember distinctly with like the Capcom versus SNK2 port on Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. They EO. mapped them to the C-Stick. Yeah. Yeah. Easy that, operation is. Yeah. I, oh, I hated it. Yeah, um, but I had no idea that EO started yeah. standard like stood for that. That's weird. It's huh. it's true, yeah. I love Capcom vs SNK too. Hmm. I love Capcom versus SNK as well. That's why <gasps> I was thoroughly disappointed with the GameCube port. What was that guy? Okay, so like the <laughs> my favorite part about that game was the announcer. He he had such energy. It was like, hey, who allowed them to enter this tournament? They're way too strong to compete. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Are you, and then, like, yeah, I didn't I like, like are you Letty? <laughs> it was the same dude from fucking SNK Mil- games. Millionaire Fighting 2001. <laughs> are you Letty to take it to the extreme? extreme. Oh, man. We should, hire, we should hire that guy. What's he doing? <laughs> Let's just um, do all the intros and outros for the fucking Yes. yes. God damn it. Yes. Um,. But yeah, so so it's cool. So you would think that them simplifying it's going to make it a bad game, and it's not the case at all. Because if you're good at fighting games, you're still going to know what timing is required and, and how to counter specific moves. Like, you have the moves at your disposal. Anyone can use them. Now you have to know the strategy involved with using those moves. Like, are you using your Dragon Punch as an anti-air attack? Are you timing it to where you can hit a combo, and then on the drop, you can hit him with your, like, special um, so a lot of that stuff still goes into play, but I feel like taking away the input makes it easier for you to like focus on that stuff and not focus on like you know your execution uh, 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 of the actual like I didn't do my core circle forward right or I didn't do this right and so the move didn't didn't pop like it was supposed to. Now it's you know the move will hit. It's just are they going to be able to time it to where it doesn't hit them or like you know who's going to get the jump on the other person first? Um, it's a really cool concept. I think it makes the fighting game a little more accessible. And and I think it's probably going to be a free to play kind of model. You're seeing that a lot with fighting games now with Killer Instinct doing the uh, you know buying individual characters kind of model, uh, Dead or Alive last round where you can buy the characters individually. Obviously, Street Fighter Five is going to approach that kind of you know pay for characters you want, not just for the whole game and the various add-ons. Um, and uh, it, it's it's good, man. It's really solid. I like it. I think it has some really good ideas. Um, the only thing is in order to balance the fact that you can only hit a button to do an input, um, there is cooldowns. And so because of that reason, there's no uh, local multiplayer on the game. 
is strictly online only because if you were to do that kind local of kills multiplayer, any interest in it though. That that that's kind of the problem that that I think the that could potentially happen with the game is because if you can't do it locally because of the fact that you can see their cooldowns, it kind of takes away from playing competitively against each other to where you do kind of are forced to play from another location. So that way you don't see their cooldowns, you don't see like when their things gonna pop and when you can like, like use their next special. Um, so that is probably you know because fighting games do live on its competitive nature. Like if it's not something that can be at Evo and it can't be played in local tournaments, then it doesn't usually do very well, um, at least in the fighting game community. But you know if there's a way they can somehow figure that out and still make it a local thing, uh, it has a lot of potential. Like I think it's a really cool idea, but. At the same time, if you really think about it, look at how esports and how games that are played at a competitive stage now are. A lot of stuff is not local. A lot of it is not LAN. So are they maybe taking fighting games and making it to where it's like League of Legends or Dota? I where still you're want that option available, though. I, no, I see absolutely. what you're saying. Well, but... well, it is true because fighting games, they thrive on the community. They thrive on the experience of being live or being in a group of people watching someone throw down like that that it stems from the arcades like that's how a lot of people still see that community as you know uh, being a being a very you know personalized you know experience that you can only experience like like in front of a bunch of people uh, a bunch of other people so yeah so it it does have its issues in that sense like they think the game's really solid and it has some good ideas but yeah it's going to be hard to really transition that into the community of fighting game fans if it does not have any kind of local play supported. Um, so let's see what happens. But that game is, is really cool. I like it a lot. And uh, I want to throw money at it, even though you can't yet, because there's nothing to actually buy. But I could see myself definitely trying to, like, get in on some, like, extra characters and, and cosmetic stuff as it becomes more available. Right now, it's only in a technical alpha. Uh, but it is available for anyone to play. So I would highly recommend if you have a PC. Um, I don't even think you need, like, super crazy requirements for this game. Go to their website, sign up for the alpha. Um, you get a download code right away. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's really cool. Um, I, would, I would definitely recommend it. Huh. I'll have mm-hmm. to definitely give that a shot. Maybe we'll so, play it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll put it up online for something sometime, maybe. I'm down. We, cool. Hell, we can even do a game fest out of it. If, I got uh, my I got my fight sticks, man. I'm, I'm ready. So, like, do you know if it's got a King of the Hill mode? I think that would be the best mm. for, uh, like... Not, nothing Yeah, I mean, nothing... Like, the alpha is really just matchmaking kind of stuff. Like, just, yeah. just you know, 1v1 stuff so far. But they might add more as, as time goes along. Okay, well, definitely got to keep that in mind. Yeah, um, but is that it for you, sir? Pretty much, man. I think I'll be playing a lot more now that I've kind of gotten my, you know, my, my, my feet firmly planted and things are kind of back to normal. So hopefully we'll be playing a lot more um, here soon. But we'll, we'll kind of, you know, save that for later. There we go. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot. Too I, I figured. I figured as much. Fucking much. <laughs> yeah, so, you've been playing all the things. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I put up a lot of the uh, reviews so far as far as uh, Mortal Kombat at X and Bloodborne and which I'm, I'm over Bloodborne now. In fact, weirdly enough, uh, the best ending, in my opinion, is the worst ending. This is the worst fucking worst. Anyway. So there's that uh, Arkham Knight. I don't know if I talked about it in the last show, um, but yeah, uh, played through that thoroughly thoroughly disappointed like more and more especially with like the dlc it's just not like it it's weird that how the very first entry in that series is honestly the best one 
It really, really is. However, I will say the Riddler challenges are, are a bit more... They're not only more approachable, definitely. Uh, especially to fucking Arkham City's, like, what? 400 and some odd uh, Riddler... Uh, Riddler trophies and just riddles in general. But it, there's also more of a payoff in the fact that there is something at the end of it other than, like, some easter egg dialogue or cutscene like it does probably have the best reward i would say in uh arkham knight but yeah aside from all that i was ugh, i don't know man that harley quinn dlc and then the fucking the batgirl dlc it's all really really shallow like how do i like okay do you remember the joker dlc that was exclusive to playstation 3 when the game first like when, uh, when... but isn't that just challenge challenges like challenge maps well, they were challenge maps, but they were also, like, other different things. And, like, the Joker really did feel different. Um, and to some to some regard, like, I will say that some moves are just a palette swap of, like, Batman. But, like, there was still, like, some distinction. And they, like, they did things around the Joker. Everything else has been really, really just shallow, superficial, like, skins, almost. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, nothing really has, like any intrigue or personality of its own to really like even even for like the most hardcore batman fan to feel like rewarding in any way shape or form so i don't know um so there's that's been my bag with arkham knight i i mean the reviews on the site if you want to hear like or like just check out more of my thought uh regarding it um and yeah as far as indie games go i mean there's a lot i will say uh probably the most disappointing uh, that's another review game coming a whole lot. We're gonna fu- <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well played, sir. Wow. <laughs> Ugh, hate, hate fucking sneezing. I'm sorry. I think we've touched this before. It's like sodomy on the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Beyond Eyes, man. Uh, that That is the prettiest disappointment of 2015. Uh. Uh, it. Well, like, I, I applaud it for what it's trying to do. I think it does it too well to the point where it's not fun. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person for saying that. I think it kind of does. Maybe. Because, like, have you guys heard about this game at all? It was uh, teased in, like, uh, Microsoft's presser at E3. What's it called uh, again? Uh, Beyond Eyes. You essentially mm. play the role of this girl who goes, like, this little girl who goes blind. And basically has to stay, like, spend time at, like, this recuperation summit that like fictionally begins to like expand and go off into like, like a child's storybook and it's animated and just done gorgeously. Like it's super gorgeous. However, when I say like children's book, I mean, that's exactly how it feels like playing it. It it doesn't feel like a game. Like, like God home feels more like a game than this game. This game feels like a very tedious interactive storybook and tedious in the fact that it's, it's supposed to simulate something that's very interesting that immediately dwindles. Like as far as appeal and intrigue go, like due to the fact that it's just not fun and it's kind of frustrating. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, you're a blind girl. So that means there's only a uh, certain peripheral of vision as far as the sphere like imagine if you will like this visible radius of scenery and environment all around you and everything else is just like white negative empty space that like slowly begins to illustrate all around you so that's what again the animation behind all of it is very very pretty and just very engrossing but 
you also spend like I would say you'd spend ninety five percent of the time just bumping into the environment and architecture, like constantly, mm. like just running into things. That's all you you yeah. just walk into things. Like I can only imagine a newly blind person does. Again, it it, it very much well like simulates like the handicap to an extent where it does definitely give you like this empathetic feel for it, it, it in the way that you play um, that like I, you know, again, I don't know if I'm a bad person for saying this. I don't know if it's, it, it, it's, it's one of those weird things where I think it's mostly, it exists more as like a, a, an experimental showcase of like interacting with various facets of uh, just like it, it's almost like more of an allegory towards various uh, aspects that we encounter in everyday life than it is a video game. Much in a way that, like, you know, like there are other experimental games. Like we're we're speaking of Gone Home, like Tacoma's coming out, and like even you know everyone's gone to the Rapture, which is another one that I've been playing and very much enjoying as well. Um, I haven't played enough to really talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, but I will definitely. Uh, have way more to say about it on the next show as well as that that is also up for tap as far as the review goes but yeah beyond eyes is probably going to be my lowest rated game this like this year it's just it i don't know it's not it's like a 20 dollar investment too like that's the thing i think that really kills it is like Mm -hmm. it's hardly a game and yet it's priced it's such a point where like it it's eye candy that doesn't feel rewarding past the first 20 minutes that's you flashy, know. and that's all it really has. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really disappointed with that. Now, uh, uh, but on the other side of the token, another game that I feel is like really gotten no press and is really interesting, both like in the way that it tells its story, like it's got like as far as uh, the vibe that I'm getting, like imagine if there was a Western version of Team Eco, like that's what it really reminds me of, and it's done in a really I don't know. In a really significant way, in the way that it's paced, um, there there are other facets that I really enjoy. But I'm t- the game I'm talking about is Submerged, um, which, in a sense, it's a glorified 3D puzzle platformer with like some really scary but like really engaging undertones narratively that like really drive the world. Like, I would have to say that it possesses a lot of qualities and like what made like Mad Max, uh, in my opinion, like movie of 2015, and the fact that it builds a world in, in such an organic like 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 it, it it hits the senses like as far as visually especially like musically like audibly that the game is probably one of the best soundtracks of the year but it does all these things and it does it in such a way that's paced and pantomimed to convey everything that it's trying to convey and do it like very naturally like it, it's 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 definitely a game that's uh will pull you into like what's going on you're essentially this young woman and and even the relationship between you and the young boy that you're essentially trying to foster medical care for and, and raise like through like this flooded water world ass planet or area environment in which you know the story slowly unfolds like what like sort of drove the uh land into this dystopian i wouldn't even say dystopian state like apocalyptic state there are hardly any other people around and everybody else that is around is there to kill you or at least pose some sort of threat and and just the way that all unfolds like i don't want to get into that but like it's weird is the fact that like 
like the presentation and the narrative of it is like one of the most interesting like facets about it because like you know under all that it's pretty basic mechanically i mean like the jumping and the exploration like there there's no violence in this game like none whatsoever like i i did mention that there are a lot of menacing undertones but it's all done to like this psychological effect that's like handed in within the narrative that's really cool but like again it it doesn't really challenge you like in, in in this intuitive like twitch sense of like actually needing to respond to it in in any sort of gamey fashion it it's just there within the presentation and it actually just like adds to like the immersion of it like just moving forward and all you're mm. really doing is just a lot of puzzle platforming but it's still really engaging and like the way they the way they slowly introduce different things and uh, especially the level design of it like it gets for as limited as what it is, it, it gets pretty in depth. And and again, you never really kind of stop to like think like you know, like <sighs> Limbo, for example. I mean, Limbo again didn't have anything that you can do violently. There were several ways you could be killed, but like imagine Limbo without the threat of death. Okay, like imagine Limbo with the illusion that there was a threat of death, but never actually being a threat of death in a three D scape. I guess that's the best way I can really describe it. But if you have an Xbox One, I, I, I highly recommend it. That That's going to get a review coming out. Other than that, um, definitely also reviewing other games. Tembo, the Badass Elephant, is also a, a really weird one. Is it's, uh, it's essentially Game Freak taking the mechanics of, like, Pulse Man and, like, f- like melding it together into Sonic the Hedgehog with a lot of, like, momentum side-scrolling affairs but like just done with like this rhythmic uh gameplay and i don't know man i like it it's definitely really really pretty that game has the longest loading times ever though like i really Really? thought that yeah no dude like how do i explain this uh because i don't know if andrew remembers it or has even experienced it but i know you guys both heard of it remember the long loading times from like bloodborne i I do i do recall it yes (laughs) and they eventually patch and updated that yeah we're talking load times of that caliber if not worse like and I make that up yeah. in no way, shape, or form. Yeah, and it's it's just a hand drawn two D side scroller. But like, and I don't want to say that taken lightly. I mean the 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 animation and the artistry in in like the game's visual visuals are really well done. But I don't think it's anywhere near that taxing to the point where the load times need to be that bad. Like it's really bad to the point where like when I first booted up the game and was playing it, I. Th- thought the download was damaged that there was something like wrong Mm. um but anyway so yeah there's that and then uh the last game that i think i'll definitely talk about like that i've been touching upon um really and like again i mean there's other ones too that I, i haven't mentioned by the way like rare replay um, also, one that I'm going to be right, we, so. we talked about it a little bit off off air. Yeah, it's a yeah. really impressive collection, uh, uh, but I, it like as far as value wise, but like performance wise. Um, all right, so here's my question: Have you played like Blast Core or Jet Force Gemini yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Because hmm. I've been wondering what the performance is compared to the N64 on those. So, okay, I can answer that question. Um, So, as far as the emulation, uh, the newer stuff, 
as far as Nintendo 64, because I've played the other Nintendo 64 stuff, like Killer Instinct Gold and Conquer. Which, yeah. by the way, it's the 64 version of Conquer, not live and reloaded. It's very oh, good. So all the uh, all the swearing is intact and stuff. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, which is again always found that weird. Um, but anyway, so yeah, play that, and then like all the 360 stuff and and whatnot. They all perform really well. It's the NES and Spectrum stuff that's terribly emulated. Really? Yeah, which is what I... Re- like, if, if you want to talk about, like, sprite flickering and, like, processing issues to the point where it, 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 like, it looks like they used the shittiest emulator they could that just, bec- just for space concerns as far as storage and capacity. Because, like, even, like... Like, for example, uh, like uh, RC Pro-Am, Cobra Triangle, and Battletoads are the NES titles. And, yeah, man, there's a lot of flickering, a lot of different stuff. I will say, though, that they're, like, they've also changed up stuff. Like, so, Battletoads, for example. Uh, Battletoads, they, I, I don't know if memory's tricking me, but I think they modified the uh, motorcycle level to make it easier. Because I, I, I want to say it was a little easier and shorter than I remember it. Um, all, like, I, I don't know. Uh, but they did keep, like, almost everything intact, like, as far as accurately. So, I mean, every game has continues and whatnot, and, and they're all still really brutal. And there's uh, they're almost a little too intact. Like, I feel like any multiplayer options or finally, like, none of that's there. It's it's really what it is. It's a replay, and very much it's a just a pure collection at the celebration of Rare, which is cool, but, like, you figured that, you know, going to the effort, I don't know. I guess I might be nitpicking considering the value. I mean, it's, it's a $30 game, so it's not exactly, like, it, if it was $60 on the other hand, then I would definitely, like, you know, take up some pitchforks, but... For what it gives and what it's like, the cost of admission, I, I, I definitely say it's worth it. But yeah, it's the older games that are emulated poorly. Uh, mm. 64 and up, though, they're, yeah, so it's like this 360, 64 in the arcade stuff. Like, Battletoads Arcade is actually done really well. I think that's the only arcade. That's what, that's what I heard, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, like, even then, they actually, I think they actually fixed a lot of the stuff there. Because, like, they, they always mention how they could never really emulate that game. Um, until now, and it, like it, you could tell it, it, they did some work on it. And um, as far as the 64 games, they actually smoothed over like a lot of textures. So like, mm-hmm. considering that again, that because it's it's anything that isn't on native 64 hardware. I mean, we've even seen it on Virtual Console. Uh, like 64 ROMs have not uh, always performed or functioned the best in certain very very few areas of certain games because they uh, they mostly dependent on like really old like nuanced hardware that like you couldn't really in the same way that like it's really hard to emulate saturn games you know yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah no it's Square it's all right polygons man. and all that stuff yeah but yeah. um yeah man that game's like fucking nine ten gigs but like you know again we've talked about data management like almost everything's like 10 gigs at this point mm. so well, the average nowadays is like thirty to forty, really, for if you want a big title. Yeah, this is true. Um, fuck, man. And speaking of which, uh, I think the last game definitely one that I, I wanted to touch upon. Uh, so it's like this. I, I I like it makes me sad, Sarah, that you don't have a PlayStation Four 
And it makes me like, this is probably why we didn't do a games club on um, fucking uh, Heavy Rain. But this game's definitely scratching that Heavy Rain itch, if not in a more crazy way, but until dawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know what you're talking Easy. about. Been, been hearing a lot of good stuff about that game. Yeah. Well, and it's weird, too, because, like, and I, I feel like it's done intentionally to kind of give that, like, cheesy teen slasher, like, a, like uh, feel to it as far as the dialogue and presentation. But, yeah, uh, there's a, like, that game gets really heavy at some points. And, you know, I don't know. That, like, for that, that, and that's not much more of a game than, like, you know, some of the other, like, more text-based games, but, like, it, it is pretty. I will say that. It's, it, it, it definitely, like, you, it's really weird how they base, like, certain interaction because, like, it, it kind of, I feel like it takes risks from, like, visual novel games. Because, like, mm-hmm. every character has, like, a form of trust or pre-existing history or friendship that goes into influence. And, like, there are still, like, chains upon chains of various like like which they aptly name it the butterfly effect system which like Mm -hmm. i feel like there's no way to really like i feel like in very much the way that like uh no man's sky is is gonna have like tons of content that's gonna be like really given to that replay factor that until dawn there's gonna be so many different nuance it's 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 much in a way like as as funny as it sounds like pt for example, like even though it's this like very very narrow minded but otherwise like incredibly impactful teaser of a game, there's still shit that's being discovered like after over a year of it being out without it being updated. Nonetheless, like it's so weird how much they actually packed into it that people are discovering. So like until dawn very much has that, except it's it's very much intended and and there that like you almost really have to take notice of every little thing, like literally. One thing that you uh, could have done in like the first five minutes can impact what may happen to you near the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's like it's that intricate. Like you like five actions could literally possess like 40 different outcomes. Like there's over 120 outcomes. What? Yeah, it's Mm. insane. It's fucking insane. So, like, and, and, like, I don't know. At some point, I know I won't be that interested to, like, go after every single one. But I I feel like the, the one drawback to that is that because I'm so, like, I don't know if the game, like, is going to be something that at some point, like, I'll organically try to seek out on my own. But I'll be interested enough to where, like, I'll, I'll want to, like, essentially, speaking of what we mentioned earlier, YouTube game this and kind of see, like, you know what so-and-so did this much like any other choice different game except like there are so many different caveats like it's not just a binary like if you don't do this versus you do that i'm like if you did this but only because this and that and these other three check marks were involved and like you decided to wear this sweater it's god yeah like it's that man i i I couldn't do it like my head would explode with all those choices and the, re- the repercussions of said choices. Like, I just can't handle it. I can barely handle it with Telltale stuff, you know? No, dude, it's super Telltale. Like, oh, man. imagine, like, all right, you made a choice for this particular character, but you know how, like, if this particular character presented you with three to, like, okay, you know what? Best example that I can give. Imagine a super 999. 
That's exactly what Until Dawn feels Damn. like. Oh wow, yeah, there you nine, go. Nine nine nine. Holy oh, shit! I just okay. came right now. Man, if that didn't sell the game, bust, I don't know what would. Yeah, if you got and that game had like what nine possible endings as well. Very that Correct. required replay. Yeah, no. Um, to get the true ending, you had to get all nine endings. Yeah. Yeah, there's 120 different outcomes that lead to like they th- now. Here's the thing: they do the telltale thing though. From what I've been hearing, to where there's so many different outcomes, but they all factor into they can all factor into one of twenty endings. Mm. From what I hear, okay. or, I don't know if it's twenty endings, but there's a lot of endings, like a fuckload of them. And yeah, and like they, they, what's really cool that they also do as well is they have this thing called the death totem, which is really gamey, but it works for like the narrative, to where. You can pick it. Well, there there's totems for everything, not just death. But those are like the most common ones they've come across. But like if you pick up a totem, it will give you a sneak peek of a of what could happen should you do something without telling you what exactly is. But it implies it enough. Like in the very beginning of the game, for example, and this won't really spoil anything. But in the very beginning, you see the death of your character like falling from something. Mm. So. Then at some point later on, you're hanging from a cliff and you're given two different options because you're carrying somebody else. And you, you have to think, like, do I let go of this person or do I let go of the cliff and hope that we both survive the fall? Like it, it's so you we, like because you already see yourself dying, you know that one of those choices will kill you. So it adds a, a different layer to the pressure that comes back and forth for everything, not just like you potentially dying, but whether or not you make an enemy among your group of friends or. So, but, but, but you don't play as the one character throughout the whole you game. Play as multiple characters. I see. OK. Yeah, it's really like it, it like it, it scratches like it, it really reminds me of like heavy rain. Except, like, in a completely different, like, choice-driven scenario to where, like, you know, as much as I like Heavy Rain and how advanced it was in certain mechanics, besides control. Fucking control is... Anyway, we've already touched that. Hey, Um, man, it's because you can't use a move controller. That was the whole purpose of it in the first place. You know what's funny is you... And, like, this is another thing I applaud uh, Intel Dawn for. You can use a motion-based control mechanic with the move controller and the controller. Oh fuck! Like you can you don't even have to use a move controller. You can just use a controller until because a lot of the choices are twitch reactions that involve like uh, turning the analog left, right. You know, like in a like a Venn diagram sort of design. You don't even have to use the buttons. You can just like jilt, which is like it's cool but gimmicky. But anyway, uh, definitely controls way better than heavy rain. Um, and it uses the camera, man. <sighs> Yeah, that that's the one thing mm-hmm. though. They have a lot of fixed camera areas where like it's on a musha bed. Like it's yeah, it's bad sometimes, but um but yeah, if you have a PlayStation 4, like I'm also reviewing that one, I, it's one of the more impressive ones. Like if anything, the only thing that kind of gets under my skin is that like the 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 acting and the dialogue um the writing good. The execution, bad. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not heavy rain, like, foreign accents forcing a Western dialect bad, but it's it's near there. Like, some of them are just half-hearted. Like, you guys are jerks! You know? <laughs> like, it, it almost kind of pulls you out a bit. And, like, and like 
at the same time though because this game is trying to scratch like every like teen slasher horror like trope i i kind of reel myself back sometimes and try to think like was this intentional like did they like do like is it badly acted on purpose like because sometimes the game kind of fucks with you and makes you think that so i don't know either way if you have a playstation 4 get it it's it's really good and from what i'm seeing it, uh, it it's becoming one of those sleeper hits where i don't i don't i can't see it on shelves i've like noticed like uh, in my my days out in the wild <sighs> yeah so i kind of have some insight into that but it kind of makes a lot of sense uh i think the reason why you don't see it out and about on 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 you know retail shelves is kind of it makes sense from uh their perspective but i think they didn't expect this game to do as well as it has um what's the last new ip that sony released a uh, order yeah <laughs> there you go there, <laughs> yeah th- there's your reason uh i see mm-hmm. yeah and we we by the way did not give that a good review so i think they were kind of skeptical about doing a new ip and having a lot of copies available and then just have them sit on shelves. Uh, so yeah, I think they kind of went the opposite direction and, and now it's doing really well, but they don't have enough out there in the wild to buy. So yeah, kind of crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause like I, from what I've been talking to everybody, uh, more everyone that I do know that has it, most of them have it digitally. There are very few people who have it mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. So kind of weird but hey like as long as it's out there and it's like being played i i really enjoy it i really i so where heavy rain had a lot of promise for dlc which again we've talked about it and apparently assholes like me are the reason why the dlc plans got ruined but you know fuck them Mm -hmm. this is definitely like i think the game that can capitalize on like that exact same sort of scheme that dynamic would work really well here Especially, like, I can totally see them introducing new characters, like a completely different cast. They could even use, they could even repurpose the environment. Like, all right, and what's it, funny is we were talking about this. Like, they could cabin in the woods this fucking game so easily, and that would be incredible. So, oh, absolutely, could, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, make it the campiest shit ever. Well, yeah, but like in a way that's really awesome, though. So, yeah. who knows? But anyway, yeah, man, that's that's all I've been playing. Um, but highly recommend it. That's probably gonna be one of my higher rated games among my my review batch. Batch. But anyway, yeah, you guys all ready for that that feature topic? Yeah, I guess we're gonna be probably pretty assholeish about a lot of it. I bet, but we'll see. <laughs>
can see we're we're so excited. Let's we're so look. pumped about it, man. Who, who likes throwing money at stuff that's a maybe? <laughs> sure, let's do it. Yeah. All right, so guys, I have this amazing idea. Okay, now hear me out on this. Sold. Oh uh, wait, but hold on. I haven't oh. even gotten to the best part. Doesn't matter. Really? You made this one game, so now you're making this other game that's like that game. Or I assume you are, because why else would you be here? And I'm going to give you all the money. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'll give it to you. Hey, I really appreciate that That you know that faith. Why isn't the will. game out yet? Hey, you know, these things take Why isn't take the game t- out yet? I paid for this. Well, I had to get the anime and the merchandise in order, and then there was all those rewards. I mean... This is robbery. But wait, hold on. I have another game though. Don't you don't you want to give money to that too? Well, I already gave money to this one game I liked a whole lot. Why would I give money to another game? But I thought you said you liked me and you trusted everything and anything that I had. That was before. <laughs> there you go. Topic's done. Um... Yep. <laughs> and that was Kickstarter Theater. Yeah. Thank so, you. yeah. And we kind of broached upon this like in the E3 show and man, even then like, and keep in mind, like this is something that I have gone on record to say that I would be given a testicle for, which by the way, if, if anybody's curious in doing that for 35 G's hell, I mean, there's, there is always that option. Apparently, um, allegedly, allegedly, I don't know. That's been something that's been circling the web faster than fucking dumb straight out of Compton memes. Um, but yeah, so man, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and the fucking lot of it. So I don't know if we, and again, we, we've been taking notice, but let's let's talk about like when you guys think of Kickstarter, like initial impressions. I mean, how long of a presence do you think it's had in the video game realm? I mean, not long, right? Like three years, and we've seen some really good, like good out of it, like a big like you know topic of discussion for this episode has been shovel knight and that is a kickstarter darling uh and then you know we've seen other experiences that have paid off really well like ftl is another one that comes to mind uh granted i i may be reaching but i can't think of another one besides those two um for me i can definitely cite oh banner saga banner saga um, obviously the big one, uh, the very first big one they had was, uh, Broken Age. Uh, I don't cite that as a successful one. But I, it made I all cite the that money. Like, yeah, it made all the money, but see, all right, so let, let's get to that. I think that was the first sign of like, something what, was wrong. Something was wrong. And this is yeah. like, this is a avenue that it's not as foolproof mm. as it may initially think. Yeah. Seem. Yeah. I can read that. Redux on the Dreamcast was also a successful one, although that was iffy too. Uh, I remember Republic, the uh, the iOS game. The Which yeah, game. by the way, um, mm-hmm. haven't really seen a lot of that. Like it's it's only hit its fourth episode, uh, fifth episode. I don't know what's going on. Also, yeah. Kentucky Route Zero was kickstarted. In fact, that was oh, one of yeah. the worst Kickstarter games. Yeah, man, they and, I haven't seen anything on that in like a year at this point. Yeah, we're at three episodes. Oh, so good too. Jesus, it is great. But like, yeah, yeah. and but then there, you know, the developers are still like 
cardboard computers are still making their rounds at the event, so like it's not like it's something that's been forgotten. But yeah, man. Like, I, so let's talk about this. I mean, there's no denying Kickstarter has definitely offered a lot of good, but like, herein lies like where I think that it it, it gets. I think my biggest issue with it is like the relative ease of marketing over reality, so to speak. Like, like imagine like I don't know. Have you guys ever attended like a game jam or like a pitch of any kind? Like, just like at various events. Like, those are one of my favorites. Like, just like not not game jams to where like there's an actual physical thing in front of you to play but just like people stepping up like in a panel format up to a microphone and pitching a game so like uh, imagine like those people being able to do that but then having like a, a, an avenue to where if somebody enjoyed that pitch they could fund it herein lies like that that they like that's a beautiful thing right and we, there's no denying that I just feel like very much in that um, that 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 analogy, that anecdote where you know your eyes were bigger than your appetite. I feel like there there hasn't really been a lot of accountability taken into the fact that like I think the funding system is incredibly flawed, like flawed to a point where a I think at this point it's being exploited. Because like there, if if we could talk about one thing right now that Kickstarter that I see is like probably the biggest thing wrong with it more than anything else, it's the stretch goal system. I feel like if a game hits its intended goal, it should just stop. Like I feel like there should be no additional money thrown into it, because then it becomes like this incredible, like it, it just becomes this really questionable thing. Because like mm. there there's there's all these different like all right. You know, for as insider as we like, I I, I want to pride myself in the fact that I have some insight, thought uh, towards like the production deliv- uh, development and and otherwise like like environment and and needs in, in terms of like a successful like game development venture or or joint and and what needs to go, but like I don't think my knowledge like expands to the point where like I can like assign or otherwise ascertain a certain value to certain things you know what i mean like and e- and even then like any 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 of that knowledge that like i may or may not have kind of like shittily goes into game dev story and i don't think that's yeah. a reputable source to really <laughs> cite no that's where you put all your all your attention you focus everything on that right but mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of values that are kind of just thrown up in the air that that don't aren't aren't necessarily honest or reflective of what actually needs to be taken into account as far as the production of the game and like even then another part of that that kind of fucks up like it's it's a neat thing but i think in in the span of things i think it's also something that's really hurting kickstarter is its reward system which mm-hmm. like i don't think anybody ever really takes into account the fact that like all, all that swag and all that cool promotional material has to have like some sort of subset of costs that like yeah. I feel if anything actually takes away from the campaign. Like I'll never forget. I think we've talked about we've talked about on the on the GDC episode before. Uh, but me and Rob Rich of 
148 apps and pocket gamer fame, uh, we came across this fucking game. Uh, and like, just to be fair, because we don't want to shit talk a particular game, but like, this game was very rough around the edges and it had a lot that it needed to get done. But the merchandise for this game that we got like a swag bag full of like 11 different things for this one game. It was ridiculous. We got a t-shirt, we got shot glasses, we got a beer stein mug, we got t-shirts, posters. And like, I was like, you can obviously see where whatever budget they're working on, where it went. went Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man, I feel like there's like, how do you guys feel whenever you see a goal for example, and you see whatever the game is trying to offer. And again, a lot of the rules have changed because, like, you can't even see, like, um, like, pre, like, like the concept footage or, like, I don't even think you can see, like, pre-game footage. Is that even allowed anymore? Mm. Like, you mean before the Kickstarter commences or? Well, no, like, on the Kickstarter, like, splash video that's promoting the campaign. Like, uh-huh. remember when they used to have, like, uh, like beta gameplay footage or just, like, some... Yeah, they, I don't even think that's allowed anymore. They just I, show I think concept it, art. Uh, well, I would assume it's probably allowed. I just feel like the people that are doing Kickstarters probably don't have that stuff yet to show. I would assume. Well, I don't know, man. Let, is, it mean, because, is it because they don't want to show it because then they feel like that that concept would be so far off of what they eventually get that they don't want to take the chance? Well, no, I really... I, I'm trying to remember, and I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and do some quick research mm. while I, I look into that. But, like, there there were some Kickstarter, like, video game restrictions uh, specifically for video games that were um, put in there uh, in order to not mislead or otherwise deceive p- potential funders. Mm. So, like, there were uh, certain points as far as, like, anything that is claiming to be a finish or otherwise like there there's certain stuff that they they can't do like you have to what you have to show has to be unfinished and like what's really weird and it, it's it, I, I think like the first topic that we're talking about because we're, we're we're talking about the the flaws of like the main the the biggest platform for this sort of um new i don't even want to call it a fad necessarily but this new uh wave especially for indie development um, is like essentially it's it's now no longer being used as an alternative method to fund a game, but instead it's being used as a platform to be used as uh, venture capitalist evidence to, to, to basically gauge interest in yeah, the which product. Mm. I, I think is like at this point, which is what uh, what has really kind of triggered us talking about it again. With how do you guys feel about that? Um, I'm not too keen on it, but I, I guess ultimately it's the same concept with DLC. Like I remember how pissed people got about DLC and they're like, why are we paying extra money for something that should be on the disc? Or why are we paying so much money to get this extra content? We already bought the game. Why should we have to pay more? And then eventually it just, they kept on throwing money at it and it kept on becoming more of a thing. And now it's just an established part of the gaming landscape. It's just it's because they, they, they made their choice with their money. That's ultimately how it has to happen. Like if you throw money at something and enough people do that, that's going to become the norm. That's going to become the standard. So the same thing's happening with Kickstarter. If people were against the policies and the things they are doing, not so much the policies, but I guess the 
the practices of how specific developers and publishers are using Kickstarter, um, they just don't have to buy it. Just don't pay it. And, and you know, they're going to find their funding any other way. It's just not going to be through, you know, whatever, like, you know, pocket change they can get from Kickstarter when it's going to be probably like a $40, $50 million game, but they're getting 8 to $10 million from, you know, from Kickstarter, from fans, you know, fan crowdsourcing. Um, but people are still going to throw money at it because it gets this hype train going. Like when Shemu got announced, people lost their fucking minds. I mean, you know, it's it's good that it's coming and more power to the people that are fans. But it was kind of shady how, you know, at first I'll it was agree. like, let, let Sony announce the Kickstarter. Oh, that's good on you, Sony. Good job, man. Like, people want to see this and you're bringing that to the people. And then as that starts trickling down, they're like, well, we, we are funding some of the project, but... You know, Kickstarter. I kind of knew you know. that something was up. Like the moment the Kickstarter went live, and its goal was two million dollars, I'm just like, "There's like, no, no, way, no fucking way. There's no yeah. Shem- Shemu two was thirty million dollars. Like how the fuck? Yeah, on no, its own. Shemu yeah, one was seventy five million. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's like, up there. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's up there. Which you I know, by today's in standards and s- in inflation, that would have been uh, a ninety million game. Up yeah. until I think uh, Grand Theft Auto. I think it was even Grand Theft Auto Five. Shen Shenmue Three was like the most expensive game ever produced. Like Jeez. the first one. The first one is what I mean to say. Yeah. 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 It. It it held a record for a very long time. I remember that. Yes. Yes, it did. And like, I and I looked at it and like, there's no way that this is coming out in stretch goals. And like, again, it was very. I don't know. I I felt like there would have probably been, a little bit more goodwill towards the thing i think everybody's way more forgiving just because of like the like the allure the mysticism uh, of the fact that shenmue 3 is a thing that exists especially me like i'll admit that mm-hmm. and like i'm trying my hardest not to because i feel like that does jeopardize like my integrity in the entire thing from an objective standpoint in terms of like you know my journalistic responsibility to you all you fuckers listening <laughs> but like you guys all know i wanted this yeah hey I have it. Don't like I do. I promise. Um, but I I really feel like if they if Sony was a little bit more upfront about it, because even then I already, you know, I possess the advantage of like following anything that was like Shenmue related and, and newsworthy uh, within the modern times. And the fact that like Sony and Sega both like registered to keep the trademark of that name open. Or no, that Sony did, and that Sega's been very quiet about that name slipping. And, like, the one thing that I thought about, too, I'm like, man, Sega must be kicking themselves in the fucking dick. Or, or Jiny. Um, You know, we don't, we don't want to, like, be discriminatory. But anyway, uh, but moving forward, yeah, over letting that, like, an opportunity that like that slip by them. But at the same time, like, they probably relieved that they don't have to really care about the burden. Because that, that's going to be, like, there's no way... And, like, I, I hate to say it, even coming from a fan standpoint, like, that that game will really live up to all the expectations that even I have for it, but I'm just happy that it exists. Um, I really feel like that game, and it's still the most successful video game Kickstarter. Like, it will forever, well, I won't say forever, but it, for a very long time, it will hold that record. I feel like it's now set this precedent to where, like, Keiji Nafune, like, and even then he was already, like, oh, we can talk about that. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, because we mentioned it earlier. So Mighty Number no. Nine had a scheduled release around this time. We we're actually anticipating it for like September quarter four, 
And, you know, from what we've seen of it, even like within our, our, our any assets that are sent to us within like our press privileges as an outlet to like, you know, peers and companions within like video game media all around, the game just looked really fucking rough. And there's been, like, I don't know, there's been a lot of shadiness because I don't know about you guys, but, like, the fact that the Kickstarter was done and then they just hopped over to Indiegogo to get more money, which I thought, I like, I didn't even know, again, that's a loophole. There's just so many loopholes that I don't, I don't like that, especially bigger names, like names that have already established themselves, like, a certain amount of rapport and goodwill with the community at large. I kind of find, like, ways to exploit. They got fucking money from that so like that's like i think there's a rule now because of that because of mighty number nine to where like if you you've already been successful on one platform you can't continue that campaign on a different platform that's Mm -hmm. kind of a you know that's a dick move um but then they opened up a separate kickstarter for the fucking anime and then like i don't know about you guys i mean i'm i i'd like to say that i'm slightly keen if not sarah might be a bit keener on, like, the demands and otherwise, like, production costs for, like, a modern-day anime, but, like, millions of dollars for, like, a half-hour short? Uh-huh. Uh, no. No way. No way. No, I'm sorry. Independent artists, like, who, like, generate that from, like, their own resources and time who do not have anywhere near the sort of advantages or resources that, like, concepts can easily tap into, especially with their connections... Uh, can can like do something of that caliber. So like it again, it just seemed like a really shady cash grab. And then essentially, with Red Ash, like coming out, which is done again by Concept, and basically KG capitalizing on where Capcom failed as far as the Mega Man IP. Redash. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's essentially. If, if you want to anagram saw what you it did a bit there. <laughs> yeah. I saw what you did there, you fuck. Yeah. Um. It's essentially like promoting itself again as a spiritual, which kind of irks me, you know. But like, as a, you know, a redash, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, please, but, there, please. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that was that was mega, man. There, <laughs> yeah. Duh, dude, I miss you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, also kind of like priding itself as the spiritual successor to. Uh, Mega Man Legends slash Dash. Uh, and the fact that, like, even with, like, the way it represented itself within, like, the, the Kickstarter uh, campaign bio, it was already being backed by, like, some weird Chinese development firm or studio uh, in terms of, like, its funding. Hmm. And I guess it was, again, doing the Shenmue thing, where I guess it was using Kickstarter. Like, it was weird, because they are like, you know, either, no matter what, you like you what no matter what money you guys give us the game's gonna come out anyway i also found it really strange that they said this in the form of an update after they met their goal and if you noticed the game like the campaign immediately stopped making money nowhere near the amount that it was making when it was first introduced and there was already a lot of bad publicity around that it's not until after that campaign ended, too, where there was absolutely, like, no way that they could otherwise forfeit or even, like, jeopardize, like, potential uh, ad- earnings, like, additional earnings from any, like, last-minute funders that they then announced, oh, yeah, by the way, Mighty Number no. 9 delayed. Mm. 
And, you know, they can get away with all this because, as you mentioned earlier, Andrew, Kickstarter is just a uh, a funding platform. It is not an investment platform. Yeah. There's absolutely no promises. And then, like, does anybody... Now, Andrew, I think you might know a little bit more about this than I do, which sure. is really weird. But do you remember the Yogg's cast fiasco? No, I actually didn't know much about that. I remember hearing about, were they making a game or something? And, and like... I guess they got in some, I don't know if it's trouble or they just, it was like just some, like some shady shit going down, but no, I actually not too familiar with it myself personally, but it it does sound like something I remember kind of vaguely coming out and and just being kind of a shit thing. Well, so I I don't know about the specifics. Okay. So essentially what had happened is that they were, they endorsed like a game based around them called Mm -hmm. like Yogg Ventures which they weren't like it was all an endorsement. That's all it was. And they essentially like put like all of their faith in this developer known as winter cool games. And uh, apparently, you know, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah. So at some point, like near like the, during like the time where like the game just went silent, like there wasn't like a whole lot of anything coming out. Uh, there was a suddenly like an announcement that like the development team like it, it just became like this horrible taxing thing and like because they promised way too much it like it was one of those this sounds way too good to be true and again it, it, it actually kind of goes right into what I was talking about before like I feel like when you're given this avenue that has all this potential to kind of give you like what you like it, again it, it's like a very eager game pitch. To where, like, if you don't have the experience or resources that, like, a more established development team may have had, for example, then you're not able to deliver on what you're promising. And essentially, like, that's the thing. And, and again, it's very vague because, like, Kickstarter is like, you can't lie in what you're going to, you know, what you're promising. But if you can't do it, you can bail out without any repercussion. It's so weird. Like, the legal, uh, like, the, the legal barrier surrounding all that which is probably why they opted for the bailing but like even then like they didn't go into too much detail but i recall like there was a lot of personal issues like fucking you know uh i think the development team like they actually saw a divorce out of it just from the commitment to the development of the game like when like it, it basically fucked up people to the point where like they ran out of money they couldn't eat like all the money they got from the kickstarter like just disappeared and they couldn't eat and the game was yeah. nowhere even near finished it, it dried up around halfway through development yeah, so now Yogscast has their name attached to this, and like they endorsed it, and like they they can't get around like really you know saving face. So what they do is they step in, even though they had really nothing other than again they they uh, they contracted these dudes. That's all they really did. They are now like to they're coming up with money out of their own pocket. I still think it even to this day it's affecting them to where they're essentially issuing out Steam keys. For like uh, everyone who contributed, and I still think all the Yog Ventures rewards, as far as like the swag and whatnot, they still like they still sent out. So it's it's just one of those things to where like I don't know. So Andrew, you did mention it at some point because like we've been talking about like how this shit's been getting out of hand. Yeah. Uh, there's been an introduction though of a of a new platform, something that is a little bit better than Indiegogo. I think Indiegogo is weird in the fact that you get to keep all the money you get no matter what but like we'll we'll touch on that a little bit but yeah what's this new platform that you so 
uh, yeah, so I actually uh, read an article about it over the weekend. It's uh, called Fig. It's actually um, being brought to us by uh, someone from Double Fine, uh, their ex-Double Fine. And uh, Tim Schaefer actually serves on the executive board. Um, so, which we kind of thought was hilarious because of what Broken Age kind of did age. with Kickstarter. And now they're, you know, on an advisory board for another um, form of funding game development. Uh, but the thing about Fig is it is not uh, crowdsourcing. It's not, you know, giving money to a game that may or may not even see the light of day. It's essentially you are investing, you're, you're private investors in the development of the game. So the money you put into it is an investment that when the game releases that you'll recoup some of the expense because you kind of helped pony up the initial uh, capital for the game to be developed. So it is an investment. So you do have that, well, this game doesn't succeed. We get our investment back. Or if we put money into this thing, you know, we may lose a little bit, but you know, we may possibly, you know, I, I guess, I guess I don't know the specifics of it. So you may not get your money back, but I think you you kind of go into it knowing it is an investment. Like there is a possibility of it not being developed. But I feel like there's more, I guess, accountability for investing in it than just being kickstarted and being, well, this didn't happen. Sorry. Well, I, you know, and I looked into and, it a little and, bit more. And, yeah. And there's, there's no like repercussions for not making the game. I feel like when you're an investor, then the people that are making the game have a responsibility to the investors. Whereas with Kickstarter, it's, well, you knew what you're getting into when you threw the money up. Like, you knew this might not even happen. With Fig, I feel like as an investor, it's a different kind of scenario altogether. Well, okay, so here's the thing that I was thinking about, too, and I looked into it. As far as, like, what what Fig is trying to do and how it's trying to go about doing so with uh, its platform is I feel like as an investor and the fact that you have a stake that you can literally... uh, liquidate or otherwise seek like remuneration for for anything that goes as far as like the financial aspect of production and or even then like i i kind of want to like i i feel like this is still something that isn't fully thought out because like for example like let's just say there is a successful project that's funded and done through fig do the people that initially invest in it do they have a stake in it as far as like the revenue that it costs you know what i mean mm-hmm. like essentially that the, there's a difference between investment and donation kickstarter operates on a donation system to where like you are simply donating to see like the light of this like particular product existing in a, in a commercial uh level while yeah. is like investment like your your owed no matter what some sort of remuneration profit or otherwise like royalty in, in in some aspect financially and i feel like the liable like the, the the industry and the people even looking at this they're too greedy for it i'm sorry it's it, i i feel like it's almost too structured of a system to where like as i mentioned earlier there there aren't a lot of advantages that like people can exploit to see themselves getting out like you know on top with as much money as they can because like i hate to say it but like Lately, even though this industry demands a lot of passion and commitment and love, I mean, more a lot of the new faces that come into it don't necessarily possess those qualities. They're just doing it because they're hearing about all the fucking dough that it can bring in. So, yeah, I mean, them's the facts. So and and like that. And again, that that's not even like 
spares down to the people who are coming into it from that level. I mean, there are people who are passionate about it and just let, you know, kind of let their greed get the best of them and and what they can get away with. But like, I digress. Um, I kind of feel like even then, aside from like what comes out of it, like should a, a successful production comes out and like what what sort of percentages investors might be owed depending on how much they invested, which I'm sure that's a numbered system. I'm I'm still checking out. It's weird as they're introducing this and talking about it. They're they're not coming out with that, um, which I find strange and already a little deceptive. You know what I mean? Because like if you invest something you're getting something out of it just like very much in if you invest in in stock of a company like there you have shares that are worth something should you choose to sell them like that's that's the the definition of an investment whereas also if you invest in something and you see it fail like who seeks legal or like who gets the legal repercussions of course it would be the development but from who does yeah. fig sue you because like you and in, in part like essentially brought them into a sorted ordeal where they're in some way, like, or do they deny all accountability or plausibility towards the investor? Like, do they simply act as like this, like a mediation like, kind of? Yeah, mediate like this blameless mediation that, like, mm. I, like you know what I mean? Like, that's still there, um, there's all these factors that aren't really explained. Well, and the other thing too is, from what it sounds like, is that Fig has to also, you know, because of the advisory board, they do have to review anything that's submitted um, for investment opportunities. So if they feel like something's just going to be a money grab. They won't. They won't back it. They won't be like, well, no, we're not doing that because that seems like it's just a money grab. So they have to actually use that advisory board to find out if the project is worth being invested in. Like they won't just let anything go through. Like Kickstarter, to a degree, is crowd crowdsourced and and, and you know and, and kind of it's there's probably not a whole lot of regulations to what you can or cannot get kickstarted. Um, but with this, like you, there'll be specific projects that they have okayed. Um, and I think the other thing too is you kind of mentioned like, uh, yeah, like the the developers having, you know, with investors like there has to be some kind of like, I guess, I'm some trying to royalty like remuneration, Ro- royalty or, or some kind of like here's what you will be getting for your investment in this, and, and you know, and that's with any kind of publicly traded company. If you know more than fifty percent of your shares are owned by stockholders, you have a obligation to the stockholders. Like like decisions that are made for your game for you know whatever you're having invested, that you know the the shareholders as a collective will have to decide on, do we want that in there? Do we not want that in there? So you know as an investor you will dictate how in this case with Fig with the game how the game will be, you know produced and how the game will will ultimately uh, form into you know uh, what you've invested into it. So. Yeah, I feel like they they have a lot more say in what they're putting their money towards as opposed to Kickstarter. They say, well, this sounds like a good idea. Here's some money. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I'll see it, but it will be a totally different state of what I originally had invested in. Like, there's not any of that to to what I can tell. But you're right. The specifics haven't come out quite yet. But these kind of things are cropping up because of it has to be in response to how Kickstarter and early access on Steam – and a lot of these other things have started going like there has to be a response to it because um, they have to be held accountable to the people that are helping fund their projects. Um, At some so point, I- I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see like whether or not Kickstarter is even because like at this point, it's just, it's being used, I think, by the wrong people like major corporations that have the capital to fund projects are simply 
like already like taking the shortcut of instead of like otherwise like projecting like potential revenue for a produced game, mm-hmm. taking that up front for the development cost. And, and like, and it's almost—it's like super pre-order in a, in a really gross it, it, way. It is, and you kind of bring that up. And I know you'd mentioned a little earlier about, you know, how you feel stretch goals are very deceptive and maybe just kind of more of a money grab when you do the stretch goals. And to me, like, it wasn't necessarily the stretch goals, but I guess when Kickstarter first started becoming really uh, a viable market to endorse games that were in development, that you kind of believed in and that you kind of really wanted to see come out but you knew that normal publishers and that's kind of the thing that really makes me upset that kickstarter stemmed from a lack of interest with publishers and, and the platforms like sony microsoft and you know even nintendo um not putting out independent games and uh or independent content you know there just wasn't major publishers and major you know uh you know, major platforms putting out this content. So they had to kind of go to the people that would experience it and say, Hey, like we need your help making this. It's not going to happen unless we have your help. And that's why you felt really involved. You felt really like I'm, I'm helping with something that I want to see happen. And now you're seeing those same companies that would not put out this stuff. And now that, you know, Kickstarter is such a big deal, they're getting involved. And that just seems wrong. It just seems like that, Kickstarter was made to counteract what you were doing as publishers. And, and now you're coming in, you're becoming a part of it. You're totally going away from what Kickstarter. Yeah. And you're going yeah. away from what Kickstarter was meant to be in the first place. And I just remember when I did Kickstarter for several games, the only thing I really did it for was that looks like something I'd probably buy. And if I do the Kickstarter, I am guaranteeing that like, you know, I'm buying your game no matter what, but they're at least giving me something like exclusive DLC content for backers only, or exclusive stuff not going to be able to be purchased uh, separately. And they don't really do that. Like, you do get some backer exclusive stuff. But hell, if you were just to buy, like, a $40 version instead of a $20 version when it comes out, you get the same shit anyways, it seems like. Yeah. And it's like, where, where where's the incentive for me? Because I know, like, they did the Mighty Number no. 9 physical copies that were coming out came with DLC content that I think was provided to Kickstarter backers. And so if that's the case, then like, where's the incentive for me even doing this early? Like, yeah, it'll come out, but I could have easily just went and bought it in a store when it came out and had no real reason to invest the money two years when it first started getting developed. Super yeah, like, pre-order. It is, but, but, but give me a reason to pre-order yeah. it and make sure I know that the backer exclusive content is exactly that. And I'll probably be on board. Like, I'll probably do it. Then because, you've got you've got some yeah. companies that are uh, that are taking stuff that uh, backers should be getting and then changing it later down the yeah. line. Yeah, like, it's like it's like that, that's not what we agreed on, you know. Hucast is bad for that because they were like, oh yeah, here's a ten percent discount for life when you buy from Hucast.com, and then they reduced it to four percent. Which I don't even think they can legally do by Kickstarter because like, that's the one thing. Okay, that's, so the one thing that that's Kickstarter deception. Could, well, okay. Did they include that as a reward? Yes. Yeah. Then they legally for, for can't any do that. backer. Yeah. Because so. like Kickstarter says, like, all right, no matter what, like, even though your project fails, like, it, like that's that's the one thing. And if anything, no, like, no. I'm thankful that... about like your project can fail on Kickstarter, but you are mm. legally obligated to dish out like the rewards as they're stated. So you that's, that's the that... worst. That's the worst part, though. They had a successful Kickstarter. Yes, but like, 
even though they had a successful Kickstarter, it doesn't matter whether it's a, suce- a success well, or yeah, not. No. Yeah, obviously, right? Like they're they're legally bound to deliver on what was promised in turn. Well, no, that, that that's only you mean like that's only if the, if the sourcing was successful, but the project ultimately did not come out. Well, because, no, I, yeah, I yeah, mean, well, with, I, with, with I, Kickstarter, you you have to have successful funding to get anything. If if the Kickstarter is not successful, then nobody gets anything. But Sarah's saying that they were successful. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah. but I I think you're saying that if the the crowdsourcing is successful, but the project ultimately fails, since it was a successful Kickstarter, they still have to give out all that stuff, even if the game never Rewards. comes out. Yeah, yeah. so oh, like yeah, no yeah. matter what, like they have to meet their goal. If they meet their goal, even if they the like the the incentive behind the goal is is a failure, the rewards are they're legally obligated, or they can, like they can be like legal action can come at them from both Kickstarter and backers. They're like, they're dude. There are lawyers that are like, like you want to talk about ambulance chasing, bro. There are lawyers already. There's a subdivision for fucking Kickstarter. <laughs> it's as funny as it sounds. Cause Kickstarter isn't just for video games. Of course it's for a bunch of things. But what's funny to me too, is that like out of everything I've kickstarted so far, only one successful thing has come out of like that. I've actually, I have in my hands and I'm holding, well, I take that back too. I got redux. Um, I remember Sarah convinced me to kickstart that. So, like, I got that. And then I got uh, our buddy Stephanie. Uh, she kickstarted a board game, Flocks and Flyways. So, I did kickstart that. Uh, aside from that, there are a number of things that I've kickstarted that I haven't seen. Fi- like, Mighty Number no. 9, I haven't seen shit. Uh, Radio Cross Universe, haven't really seen anything. Um, I backed Outlands, like, the documentary series from, like, Area 5. I haven't seen much of anything out of that we got we got one live stream man or two live streams yeah there's that yeah that um that like i I don't know man like at this point i'm almost i'm very curious to see if whether or not they'll there's gonna be any real because like fig it it sounds like uh, as far as a counter like a a, a reaction of sorts to the like Mm. the flaws surrounding this new trend of uh video game development it's still flawed within its own. I, it's only a matter of time before I feel like major companies themselves will just take donations like via PayPal for like certain games. If they like pitch yeah, a right? game. Because like even then and like I don't know. I don't know if consumer like I think consumer entitlement will kind of put a shutdown on that because like Archie Comics recently opened up a Kickstarter for their reboot. Oh, dude, it was so fucking negative, the response. Because they're like, mm-hmm. no, you guys mm-hmm. have been around yeah. for, like, over almost 40 years, if not more. Like, you guys, and you guys are still making, you guys have plenty of capital to do what you're pitching. You don't, you don't need, this is not a, a platform for you in any way, shape, or form. So, hopefully, like, with that sort of response and that consumer savviness, I feel like, at this point, like, everyone's trying to get whatever they can for as cheap as they can. Which, you know, in a sense, has also affected video games negatively, especially for this generation in certain aspects. I can only assume that, like, crowdfunding at this point won't be... Like, and there... You know, man, there's still some really unique stuff that I feel like can only happen from Kickstarter. So, for example, yeah. we've, all, we've all been talking about, um, you know, n- like, ideas that are so unique that, like, nobody else would, like, touch that unless there was some sort of interest... Uh, you guys want to hear a non-video game? Well, it is video game related, but not a actual video game. But something that I recently kickstarted were uh, amiibo ornament hangers. 
there's there's this uh, hook that essentially you can clip an amiibo to and turn your amiibo into a Christmas tree ornament. And I kickstarted huh. that. I haven't checked to see if the uh, Kickstarter was successful. I'm going to be honest. Like uh, that was a while ago, but I'll have to look into it. And then uh, if it was or whether or not it was, I'll, I'll show note it just for curiosity's mm. sake. But like stuff like that is like that. That's what makes Kickstarter count. Yeah. But, and it, it's been really successful with board games and collectible card games. Like a lot of that stuff. Is, humanity is a Kickstarter baby. It, it's really just like that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I see some really cool innovations with board games and I think that market's becoming a really big commodity again because of the fact that Kickstarter is bringing out some some stuff that you would never see at your local store. Like in, in hell, fucking hardly people, hardly any people have their own local hobby store or, or you know board gaming store. Like that's just that's something you have really readily available. So with Kickstarter, these games are being produced and they're really innovative, and it's just it's it kind of it's igniting that culture again, and. Um, it's good, but man, like some of those fuckers can get expensive too. <laughs> Even if it is a Kickstarter, it's an early access thing. Like some of that stuff can be super expensive too. So it's, it is a scary proposition to put money down on something that may not actually happen, but it, it is creating some good. I just feel like, yeah, unfortunately some of the bad practices are, are they're definitely outshadowing the, the good that can come from it. Well, I think, you know, with all this negative and all this cynicism, Negativity and cynicism alike. I think we should finish off the episode with like at least a positive note. Sure. Uh, what do you guys think can either be used as an improvement to the current crowdsourcing, uh, like crowdsourcing climate, or uh, or just something that you see is more of a positive note for change? I mean, board games, of course, but like with video games, I like it, it's pleasant to know that like this shit is not going unnoticed, and hopefully. Like Kickstarter will put in some sort of practice that they can to like kind of put an end to it because like I I think out of all the things like idea wise that are you're coming out of Kickstarter media is like the biggest one and I think video games are honestly like a big one to the point where like you know it it involved like Fig it, the same thing goes with like Indiegogo they're they're I I really feel like that's one of the bigger components and elements of, of this whole um of this whole funding uh, process. So like what's something that you can see as an improvement or something that would otherwise be more beneficial that can kind of like help this grow into something that would be more viable or at least less, less shady. Well, definitely more accountability. Um, I've been soured from the whole kickstarting thing. Like the, the only one that I ever kickstarted was redux and it was wrought with difficulties and deception from the very beginning mm. so i don't think that i'll ever use a, a kick a, like a kickstarter style platform ever again i'll just wait for the thing to come out and buy it if i like it at that point but like so when but you I, mean I accountability do you, you mean just like you're able to get a refund yeah it, even something as simple as that because sometimes like the timeframes by which uh, a kickstarter will be completed and, and released uh, goes well beyond your ability to get a refund from like Visa or Mastercard, you know? Mm. Yeah, and only that, like that's that's kind of a weird beast because like, who's to say that the money's even still there to refund? Exactly right. I, I, I think that they should implement if Kickstarter, at least for gaming, is essentially going to be just super pre-order. 
then you should be allowed to treat it like a pre-order. I think that once uh, oh, funding yeah. is successful at a certain level, okay, here's how much money you've earned so far. Now start developing. And when you get to a certain point, a certain goal that's set for your development, uh, you'll receive this much money. Like It'll be like you're getting billed separate payments for the product that you're kickstarting, but they're also going to be accountable for, okay, well, here's the budget we have right now. We can only do up to this point. If we can get to that point with the budget that's been set, then we can move on to the next phase of development and we'll get our next part of the budget. Like you should be oh, able to budget that's brilliant. Yeah. Budget individual parts of the development. So they're not getting this huge lump sum spending it, you know, and, and being very, uh, you know, they're not, they're not spending it wisely and they're really kind of blowing everything they have at one go. And then they have no money to fund the rest of their development. They're looking for outside sources or ultimately canceling the project. If you're funding it at different stages and different levels, then there's more accountability on their end because they have to keep it within that budget or else they're going to have to come up with something else. But at least you're not throwing all the money at it and getting nothing in return. Like you're seeing the development and it's in stages. I think that's the only way you can really make that a viable option for funding because I feel like any other company that's in a game development like that, that's what they would do. They would start developing and have a budget, but they would be going at it at different levels. That way, if you knew you're a year into development and the game's like bad, then you got to figure out something else to do. You just don't cancel it. You have to either like try to figure out a different way of doing it, or if you do cancel, at least you haven't spent all your money on it and then just scrap the whole thing. Like that's not a viable thing to do in any business. Why is it okay in Kickstarter or in social crowdsourcing? Like why is it an acceptable thing there but nowhere else? That's the thing I don't get. Make it just like every other kind of funding or project, and then it'll be, it'll it'll gain that. I, I guess I guess it'll be. Um, seen as a viable source because no other kind of funding or any kind of budget with a project gets away with it. So if you let Kickstarter and other things like that do that, then it's not going to be a viable option. It's just going to be kind of a, you know, a flash in the pan kind of thing. And then it's going to eventually go away. True that homie. Mm -hmm. True that. That kind of beats anything that I had to say. Cause like whatever <laughs> I had to say, you put it in a much more eloquent uh, ways. I, 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 I mean, it's like Sarah said, there has to be accountability. And I think that's the only yeah. way you can, like you can feasibly do it where both parties at least have some kind of protection to just people outright just grabbing yeah, a bunch Indiegogo of money. Indiegogo is kind of running. worse in where like they get their money no matter what, and they also get like that Kickstarter loophole where it doesn't have to happen. Yeah, it just I, I just don't think that's a viable thing to do anymore. It's just not it's not consumer friendly. Sorry. Excuse me. Fucking hate sneezing. Um, on that note, <laughs> uh, episode end. Sure. Yeah, let's fucking let's put this put this to rest. Go to bed. Yeah. All so, the Kickstarters. Hey guys, you just finished listening to Press Pause Radio episode ninety six, and. Man, we've got we've been talking about it and teasing it too, but it's gonna it's gonna launch like before the end of the year. Just you wait, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. We're gonna expand our coverage, and we're going to mainly be about video games. Like that, nothing's changing about that. But definitely, definitely, uh, going to kind of expand and. Uh, essentially reach out into other facets that would uh, definitely 
cater to uh, what we think our audience already is interested in, mainly movies, comic books, nerd culture, and pro wrestling, which we've uh, already established we've been dabbling into. And you guys are going to see more of that along the pipeline, uh, especially in, in terms of our uh, YouTube slash YouTube gaming pages that like we'll be working on and our Twitch pages, as well as our Steam community stuff. And also, uh, with you guys visiting the site, and we do thank you again, uh, you'll, you may have noticed there's an Amazon uh, widget there. Guys, click on that if you search or otherwise shop through Amazon because you don't even have to buy anything. Using Amazon directly through PressPodsRadio.com allows us to essentially get a small percentage, very, very, very small kickback, but nonetheless a very helpful kickback that helps us fund or otherwise help maintain uh, you know, some of the cost and uh, maintenance and uh, any other expense that comes in the production of Press Pod Radio endeavors and podcast media uh, uh, in, in general. As well as also, I mean, if, if you guys haven't already checked it out, I mean, again, audible.com, you guys can get a sweet deal. Uh, won't go over the ad uh, you may have already heard. And then there's also tweaked audio. So definitely, guys, check out some of those offers and uh, anything else. You guys can definitely take advantage of. Also, review us on iTunes. We're available on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. I'm still working on getting us on Spotify. And then we'll be back up on SoundCloud before you know it. So there's three major platforms you can catch us on. And you can also catch us directly on the website. And also for any other events or anything uh, social that we'll be announcing as far as Twitch streams or Game Fests that we're going to try to plan and get together, just check it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and we'll totally do everything we can to kind of get everything back into rolling and launch Press Pause Radio Network, which is uh, currently what it is dubbed. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on Twitch and YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash the PBR broadcast. We've got lots of play plays coming up uh, and we've got some Press Pause videos planned. We've got, there's always stuff in the mix and always stuff mm-hmm. planned and we appreciate mm-hmm. all, you know, just any anytime everybody checks out the content, enjoys this, it really it really makes this worth doing, especially that we're already half a decade down. We're almost in the triple digit area. So definitely, uh, this is fucking rad. And Sarah, Sarah's got a, Sarah's got a Patreon now. Go and talk about that, buddy. It's true. The Canadian dollar is garbage. And as a result, it's becoming very difficult to get, uh, you know, retro subject matter for bullet heaven. Especially when people are requesting games that cost multiple hundreds of dollars to review. We, I, we've already got patrons, so you could be as cool as, uh, as the guys that have already signed up. Uh, it doesn't take much to chip in. Five bucks is more than enough to go towards uh, a retro title that we're likely going to put money of our own into anyway. Um, so patreon.com slash Seraxer, pretty much uh, self-explanatory. There's always a link at the bottom of every new Bullet Heaven video that comes out. And, uh, and yeah, um, if you pledge 10 bucks an episode, which, uh, you know, we only ever do one or two episodes a month anyway, uh, you, could, um, you could be a part of the, uh, the credits at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the show. So, you know, if, uh, if you really enjoy Bullet Heaven and you want to chip in and you want to be a part of the action, you know, go over to Patreon and, you know, anything as little as a dollar is, uh, is enough. So, uh, yeah, that, that's about all I got on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
Aside from that, if we haven't already touched on the fact that you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube and Twitch, and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, you know, PPR is your friend. We're awesome. We, we're your buddies. And also, fucking, you can always talk to us. We, ha- we kind of retired select feedback for, for a little bit, but we want to bring it back. So if you got anything you guys want to add to the conversation, you know, just shoot over to mailbag at pressposradio.com for an email. Or, you know, leave us a voicemail at PPR Talk. The voicemail line is still up, so we can definitely go back and check out some archive messages. Uh, especially, it'd be funny if any of them were incredibly dated. So that'll even be funnier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys should check that out. And on that note, you guys, mm, you guys are yummy. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm Georgie Boy Zax, and I'm, I've got the yum-yums for my tum-tums toast and i'm gonna drink some coffee i'm just gonna stay up tonight fuck it man night's gone <laughs> all right and, and this is the original sarah signing off um i'm going to sleep it's late come on sarah let's rally <laughs> i thought you said let's wrestle for a second <laughs> yeah let's do that too Rest. let's do that too come on sarah let's, let's wrestle <laughs>